Sounds good, yeah. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your co-host, Monica, and I am joined by our other co-host and also a special guest. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so you excited. have to introduce her. <laughs> I literally my myself working. Wow. Okay. Our other co-host. Say hi, good. Hi, I'm here. Um, we also have our friend Tess. Tess, would you like to introduce yourself? Say a little bit about you, what you're doing here. Um, hello, my name is Tess. Uh, I really love musical theater. I love movie musicals, pro shots. Um, been a really big musical theater fan uh, for a while. I also talk about it a little bit on my TikTok. Um, and I'm just going to plug it right here, you know, um, at TNN Dynamite 714 if you ever want to hear me talk a little bit more about um, just musical theater in general. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Dope, guys. Absolutely. Yay. So happy you're here with us, Tess. Very excited to have really you on. Yay. And guys, we're so happy you're listening for another episode. Uh, today, we're going to talk about movie musicals, you know, movie musicals that we like. And uh, before we get started, we're going to talk about Can't Wait to Watch, which are TV shows and movies that we cannot wait to see coming up ahead. Uh, Glenn, Tess, do you guys have anything you want to mention, things you can't wait to watch that are coming out very soon? I'm really uh, excited. Um, I guess to see West Side Story just because it is a remake. I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding West Side Story, but mm. um, I'm really excited to watch that one. Uh, and then also Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I've heard a lot of really great things about that one and yes. everybody is saying it's the greatest thing. Um, yes. And they're just really excited that Lynn was directing it. So yeah, definitely was going to take some time to watch that as well. Our King Andrew Garfield coming out mm-hmm. here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all. He can sing. He can sing. Mm. Did you hear he was in an interview of, about Tick Tick Boom and he said that he couldn't sing before the movie? Like he specifically wow. learned how to sing to play this role. We love that. I heard that too. Yeah. Like obviously he was that. already like very talented and like oh. he, he was just never like professionally trained or anything. Mm-hmm. We love that for him. Yes. Glenn, do you have anything you can't wait to watch this week? So obviously, Tick, Tick, Boom. I can't believe I haven't gotten around to it. (laughs) It makes Mm -hmm. me feel kind of bad, honestly. (laughs) Um, Besides that, obviously, because there's a lot of hype around it, the Spider-Man No Way Home, I kind of this weekend, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dope as heck. I'm probably going to see it in, like, January. I like to watch movies when they're dead. Like, after everyone else has watched it and it's already been spoiled on Twitter, I'm like, okay, I'm going to the movie theater. I'm going to go at, like, noon where everyone's at work. And it's, like, barely anybody's working in the theater and I'll be a bit there by myself. Like, that's when I like to see movies. That's so smart. I also, <laughs> I try. So we have a lot of small theaters around where I live. So I usually go in, like, the middle of the day and I'm, like, one of the mm-hmm. only people there. But, like... I got my, I accidentally during COVID uh, got my mom really into the MCU and now she's watched like every single thing there is. And she heard that was coming out. She was like, Glenn, mm-hmm. so you're coming yeah. back to watch it. So we're going the day it comes out. And so yes. here I am going the day it comes out. That is so cute. A little like mother son, little date night. That looks, we love that. We love to see it. Yes. Okay. I cannot wait. There's a new sitcom coming out. It stars Nicole Byer, who I love, our queen, comedian, amazing. She also has a Netflix special coming out soon. I don't know if it's out yet, but she has it coming out soon. I'm very excited. There's a um, NBC sitcom she's in. It's called Grand Crew, and it stars like four other uh, Black 20s, you know, millennials, like figuring out life. And I was watching the trailer, and I think something on Peacock, but I think I could still watch it on Hulu, possibly. 
Um, because sometimes NBC puts their shows on Hulu too. So like, because I'm not getting Peacock, that's that's too many streaming services for me. Same. But it's about mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of them. But um, Grand Crew is about these five um black millennials. They all like drink wine, catch up, talk, hang out. One of them is married. One of them is trying to get married. Nicole Byer is single as a Pringle. There's one guy who's very much like the hotep of the group, but he's not too much of a hotep. So I don't think he'll be that (laughs) annoying, you know, but it looks fun. It also reminds me of a new show coming out called Abbott Elementary, which I think is created. Yeah. Cause I saw an ad on TikTok and it's like one of the only TikTok ads I actually stopped to watch. Cause I saw Tyler James Williams and I was like, ah, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. I saw. <laughs> and then I saw Quinta Brunson. It's like created and starring Quinta Brunson. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I would watch it live if I had cable, but I'll stream it. You know, I want to support new shows so badly, but like, I feel like networks should like count streaming numbers too. You know, because there are a lot of shows people watch when shows are like down and you put them on Netflix and then people are like, oh, I want the show to come back. I want the next season. When's it coming out? When's it coming out? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really, I want, I want Abbott Elementary and Grand Crew to do well. Because there have been a lot of new sitcoms coming out on ABC and NBC with like a lot of like Black cast and like very, very talented writers. And I just need them to prosper. You know what I mean? I just want them to do well. I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch those things. Those are uh, the things I can't wait to watch. So we're gonna hop into movie musicals. Uh, it is the holiday season. It is Christmas time. As you guys know, around the holiday season for a film industry, that means Star Wars, that means MCU, and that means musicals. That means Hallmark just shoving down our throats every single holiday movie they can think to make, remaking every single holiday movie they've ever made before with like the generic white guy and that one actress from Disney Channel that you kind of remember, but you don't really remember. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) a lot of movie musicals, as we've seen a lot of movie remakes coming out, as Tess mentioned West Side Story. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite movie musicals because we're all theater kids. We all love musicals. We're all like nerds in that area. Know what I mean? And I want our guests to go first. Uh, tell us about a movie musical that you really like, you really enjoy, Tess. Definitely. Um, so I guess the two movie musicals that I really wanted to just discuss, like ask questions, what you guys think, um, and then just, you know, have the discussion is In the Heights, um, mm. because I know that one came out this year, and then Dear Evan Hansen, which also came out this year, mm. which I know were two really, really big movie musicals that yeah. theater kids went crazy over. Mm. Um, I know before even the movie musical, I'll first talk about In the Heights. I know before that one even came out, there were um, possibly some concern about representation and casting, just because we could see from some of the clips that um, they were going with a specific um, color of people, Mm -hmm. which was just really interesting, especially hearing from uh, a lot of Afro-Latinos and um, their they're saying that they weren't being represented within the movie and then hearing some of the things that um the director was saying um I think it was all just a hot mess mess. in general just Mm -hmm. it I don't it really made me question was there any type of PR person who was saying hey maybe this is you already have went with these casting decisions you've already like committed like to this cast and maybe trying to mitigate what will happen in the future but they didn't do that they literally were just going off the cuff and I was like, um, could it be me? 
Um, yeah. Why you're not having people was really interesting to me. Um, but overall, I loved the movie. I cried. I laughed. Um, I got to go see it in theaters. I actually went to go see it around my birthday. Um, and it was just an experience. I will honestly say I saw maybe like a like a regional slash community production of In the Heights. Um, like a couple of years back. And I had a lot more difficulty following the storyline. Um, and there was like a, like even before seeing it, I had a couple of songs that I really enjoyed. I've listened to the soundtrack, but I don't think I truly grasped the overall narrative of the story until seeing it in theaters. The same, like even with reading like the Wikipedia and the wiki mm -hmm. and like listening to people's thoughts, yeah. it was definitely listening and seeing the, the musical um, from start to finish helped solidify the entire idea of what they were trying to go for. Um, I think one of my favorite moments in the musical was just seeing um, Nina, I believe, struggling with coming home uh, from college. I like, love that part. I love it. it. Breathe? Would she breathe? say that? Oh my no, gosh. Like, breathe was like my oh. aunt. Even before I knew about the musical In the Heights, yeah. I knew about the song Breathe. And yeah. that song mm -hmm. like hit yeah. me in a way that I'm also, yeah. so I'm like a first generation um, like immigrant, I'm yeah. Kenyan. And so that was definitely really difficult to see. And I actually think that um, uh, like, like immigration and like those type of stories really um, parallel, I think within the African community. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I definitely related to the storyline a lot and just seeing mm -hmm. her struggle with trying to um, be the light for her community, which is something that I've definitely struggled with, um, mm -hmm. but also being a human person and just having yeah. struggles and how sometimes, I, I mean, her parents were right. Like you just have to go back and try harder, but yeah. like when you're actually in that situation, it is incredibly difficult to just like wake up every morning and know that there's a probability that you will fail. And if mm -hmm. you fail, it has really huge impacts, not just on yourself, but on your community because everybody is riding on you to succeed because they yeah. put all of their, as they Hope should, I guess. Yeah. yeah, they put everything on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have all these aspirations for you because they want you to do well because they came to this country for you to succeed. This is like the land, America, land yep. of the free, home of the brave. You're just gonna yep. you work hard. You can achieve anything you want. Like I'm Haitian American, so I understand that. My parents are from Haiti, my whole family is from Haiti and mm -hmm. I have four other siblings. So I understand that within family and within community as well. And I relate to Nina as well because I heard the song in an audition. Like mm -hmm. I was auditioning for like this really nice like um, musical school in New York. And there was a girl singing it in the audition room. And I was like, what song is that? What song is she singing? <laughs> and I looked it up. I was exactly. like, oh, this is something else. This is something powerful. Like, so from the chest. And I remember, uh -huh. yes, I watched the, um, there was a recording of In the Heights, the original Broadway cast, which was probably recorded on someone's like iPhone or something. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> when she sang that and I was listening, I was like, dang, this audio sucks, but I feel it the same. Mm -hmm. I feel it the same way inside. It's just like, ma, ma, ma. It's beautiful. And I love In the Heights too, because like, it's that immigration story where like it's it's very specific but also it's very like relatable if you're within that community you know like I understand how like people who are Hispanic they understand it and they relate to it and like I can relate to it too because I am a child of immigrants as well and mm -hmm. I think I think that speaks to like the Afro-Latina conversation where there wasn't a lot of like representation in the way of just I guess 
color i don't know it's it's a colorist problem you know what i yeah. mean like, definitely I mean, literally all i talked about yeah 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 because like this is also a conversation people have had with um gina rodriguez she was in jane the virgin i think yes. that's the actress's name yeah yeah i remember yeah. when black panther came out she was upset because there isn't like a latino black panther but lupita nyong'o is afro-latina like she is kenyan and mexican and there are latina people within the mcu through all of the movies so it's not lacking even though there isn't one movie with simply latino people within the movie it's spread out throughout the mcu and i know like side characters sidekicks the best friends aren't really like solid but i don't want like i don't want you to sell for less girl but doesn't mean you're not there you know what i mean and also Mm -hmm. you can't just like you can't just like hop on someone else's and be like where's ours like we need to you know get there and it's also hard when like you have your own I don't know like it's hard like I love in the heights but obviously if you're mu- if your musical set in the Bronx and I can see that not everybody yeah. from the Bronx is in your movie <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> that's a problem that was such a huge conversation on TikTok because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think it was a, it was definitely a colorist issue. Yeah. And um, a lot of people had issue because in Lynn's other musical, Hamilton, yep. he had no issue casting Black people as slave owners. Nope. But for this, but for this one, mm. it was like, hmm, I think, you know, uh, like Hispanic, like yeah. Latinx people are only one shade, which really was like, hmm. That's not true. Hmm. That's not true. And, and I understand because I know one big pushback that people had is like, oh, well, specifically, they they had to cast it in this manner because if they didn't, there might have been issues with um, proceeding with this movie forward, because I think sometimes you might have a spe- you might have to show off your specific cast when you're going to producers and asking for all this money. And I personally believe that they knew going in that if they try to make this as diverse and as possible, it wasn't going to happen. And so mm-hmm. they did the next mm-hmm. best thing, which okay. was to cast people from a very specific tone, shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah. what, jo- what his name is Jonathan, Jonathan Cho, I believe. He yeah. was like, well, remember the people in the background? I was like, that is. That doesn't count. That was a slap in the face. That I think, doesn't to a count. Lot of, uh, Afro-Latino people we, because it was we in fact we are definitely remembering the people in the background yeah we are we're concerned. always in the background we're always mm-hmm. in the background hmm interesting how that worked okay yeah I, I don't know I just thought it was very interesting that he brought that up mm-hmm. um when he could have definitely they could have brought a seat to the table but I definitely think there was an issue of like hey if we do this the story might not go through we and mm-hmm. I think they were saying that there was it took almost like 10 years to get this movie made and each time they would have issues they wanted to make the I think they wanted to make Sony or someone like a gangster and it's like they wanted to make it more urban yeah um, because that's the only way they can like see people of color in general yeah it's hard to sell certain concepts to producers for like studios because they're very used to people of color playing certain roles Mm -hmm. so when you bring them something different it's like okay but can we add this in? Like, just like, just a little, just a little something. Cause y'all are in the Bronx. And, like we yeah. heard about the Bronx and I heard that these things happen. It's like, no, we're not gonna Not in that. this story. Did you not, not watch the musical? Story. Have you not watched it on Broadway? Where did you yeah. see the gangsters on Broadway? Where? <laughs> the Jets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wrong musical. Wrong musical. Sorry. Sorry. I know. <laughs> 
yeah no I kind of understand the perspective of like wanting to sell your movie and I think a lot of people made the argument of like oh Corey's in the movie Christopher Jackson's in the film and like yeah sure but when people often talk about like Afro-Latina like actors they talk about Christopher Jackson and Rosario Dawson but y'all don't say anything about dang I forgot her name homegirl from Suits she was also in Hannibal She's Afro. Never frick. Why did I forget her I name though? <laughs> Gosh, not good. No, but like you know, it's the thing of like there are Afro Latina actors out there, even if they're not like as well known, and even if like you like I know you want well known people in your movie to try and sell it because you have like mm-hmm. a well known name in the film that will bring more people in. Like Anthony Ramos, he was in Hamilton. You oh, know? Yeah. So you got someone from Hamilton, Stephanie Beatrice, she was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You got yeah. those two people, those two names in there. Rita Moreno, icon, legend, mm-hmm. simple. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you have those people in your movie, like that's going to bring people in to see your movie. But there's nothing wrong with like having somebody new, a fresh face in the film. You know what I mean? Like change it up a little yeah. bit, yeah. you know? Also the woman from Suits, I'm pretty sure you talked about Gina Torres, right? Yes, mm-hmm. Gina Torres. Yes, mm-hmm. that's her. Yes, she is also Afro-Latina as well. And people barely mention her when y'all talk about Latinx actors. Like, she's very talented. She's been in the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time. I'm sure she can learn how to sing, too. You know what I mean? Just a little <laughs> one-two step. You know yeah. what I said? A little well, kick. She's got yes. it. She's got it. Yes, of course. But yeah, um, I guess the only other, like, big thing I really wanted to highlight in, in the Heights was the Piensa y Fe song. Just because that, I don't think I really understood the magnitude of that song until mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters, I cried. I cried so hard. Yeah. Um, and I think there is some misplacement between um, the movie and then when they actually did the musical, like the song order. And so I think the um, song comes, I think a little bit earlier in the show, I believe. I'm not mm-hmm. too sure. But I know that um, in the musical, she sings this song and then she dies. I oh. was heartbroken. Um, uh, because with this song, basically she's talking about how hard her her and her family have worked in order to get to where they are. And they're not even at the top, but it's still better um, than what her life was back. Um, yeah. I think it was in the Dominican Republic. I cried so hard because I think I just related so hard to that story because my parents came here from uh, Kenya and um, they took jobs that people wouldn't necessarily deem as like in high regard. And, um, mm-hmm. but they worked hard and they like prayed that tomorrow would bring another better day. And it's like, now they're getting older and it's like, um, I guess just questioning if that sacrifice, such as like the sacrifice um, that Abuela made was worth it. I don't think my parents are necessarily questioning if it's worth it, but it's like, now that you know more like about the U.S. and about yeah. how the U.S. is going downhill, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's definitely, I think, a different image than what they had um, before coming here. And yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely was bawling in the theater because I was like, there is, nobody has ever perfectly described that feeling of like you are poor yeah and a person of color and you're doing everything you possibly can and at the end of the day that still might not be enough and all you can do is pray that tomorrow will be a better day I understand that like there's something that's why I also love this musical and that's why I'm always like hesitant to like critique musicals like this like they should be critiqued but they're oh, yeah. so important because these stories mm-hmm. aren't told very often and they oh, have yeah. to be told from a certain perspective so you can get like the layers to that story because my dad he 
came to this country from Haiti. But like in Haiti, he was fine. Like he wasn't struggling or anything. He was like fine there in that country. Mm-hmm. But he came here because he wanted a better life for his kids here. Mm-hmm. And for like people, like I know in my experience speaking to other people who were born in Haiti, came to America, like Haitians, they when they saw white people, they saw white people as nice people. Because white people will come yep. with like, churches on their mission trips. They give you food. They give mm-hmm. you like coloring books. They give you rice. Like they seem nice. You come to America, they're spitting in your face and they're not giving you jobs. So you're exactly. confused. And then you come to America, the land, the free home, the brave land of opportunity. You can do whatever you want. You come here with like your degree, your knowledge. Mm-hmm. You learn how to speak English and your English isn't good enough. You have a degree. It doesn't work here. You can do whatever, like you can do any job you want. Okay, work this job under the table. And we may pay you, we may not pay you. And then you're trying to like, you know, do your best to succeed. And you're trying to like do like respectability, all that stuff. And you realize it doesn't matter that you're from Ghana, Kenya, Haiti, DR. That doesn't matter. They see you as one thing. You're Hispanic, you're Black, you're not white, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that like, they know America is stacked up against people of color. And you think work hard and you'll get there. You work hard, you make your money, uh, you got to pay your bills your car breaks down, you end up in the hospital, you get in debt, you try to have kids, the kids go to school, they're in debt, all this stuff. And it's just like, keep praying for a better tomorrow. And it's hard to like, really, really say it. And like musicals have that beautiful thing where like, you can just sing it. Like you sing it and you get it, you understand it. Like you're so overwhelmed with emotion. You're so sad. You're so happy. You start singing. You do a one-two kick ball change and then you get it. You know what I mean? Like that's the perfect way to explain any kind of situation. Yeah. I love, like, I love that song so much too, as well. It's one of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite musical theater songs. It's, it's so beautiful. Yes. I don't really think I understood the song until I saw it um, in the movie and how, it just like I, I think it just reframed the entire show of mm-hmm. like you are poor and you are a person of color and in this world and you might that's all you'll amount to be and you'll just like yeah. you were born poor and you'll die poor and it's just like that was so scary for me to think because like you I think a lot of my parents thought like oh my gosh my children um will have a better future here like the, if we work hard we do what's right all the respectability all of that bundled in um they too can succeed and I think more and more um, that my parents are truly seeing America, um, just America and what it, what, it, yeah. what it's about. I think that they've yeah. been deeply surprised with like literally within the past year and a half um, mm. about how, uh, yeah, how mm-hmm. different things are going. You're, yep, things are not what they seem. Exactly. Yeah, you watch Friends and you think everything's fine, everything's okay. You know, you watch the Brady Bunch, They're you're besties. like, everyone gets along. Like the the like sitcoms that my parents watch when they're in Haiti versus coming here to America, it's not the same. No. Exactly. It's not the same, bro. We yeah. do a really good job at selling the dream though. We yes. have convinced people. There that that yes. is true. The propaganda is working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over time. Then they're like, why are all these people here? And it's like, you did your job very well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You Talk asked to NBC us to come Universal. Here. You like, were literally begging us to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And now we're here what's up those are schedules they're working (laughs) overtime you know what i mean yeah awesome okay great did you have anything you also wanted to say about in the heights test overall i okay on tiktok i know i talked 
negatively about the show but that's just because I have an interest in representation Mm -hmm. um for like everyone within the media but overall I think it was some of Lynn's best work um Mm -hmm. and it was just like a phenomenal movie and I think it was truly an advocate for why movie musicals should be a thing I know Mm -hmm. they changed a couple of things I think it's just like a good like a layout for what future movie musicals should be doing minus all the representation issues yeah yeah also, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's very talented. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. despite, talented. despite the issues he be having, he's very talented. Extremely. And you want to root for him. You do. You, I want him to do well, but at the same time, you got to exactly. do better. Honestly, let me root for you. Do you so, <laughs> like, let me. We were root me. for <laughs> Please, uh-huh. do better. That's all I'm asking, okay? I'm happy. I'm happy for you, but please. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Glenn, would you like to go next? talking about uh what are your musicals yeah so the two musicals that i want to talk about is the pajama games and newsies i'm going to talk about pajama games first i need to i need to explain why i picked such an out of left field musical i just want to say i don't know what pajama games is oh it's okay oh do not okay. worry do not worry i <laughs> okay. kind of figured because i because i picked one that's lesser known i figured that like neither of you would like have a super like in-depth knowledge on it but i picked it for a specific reason because i feel like it's semi-important to talk about anyways the reason why i picked the pajama games is one i am so drawn to musicals of like that era the very where it's still like very sitcom-esque it's like an easy love story it's a very like we were just talking about how like america's america is very good at its propaganda Mm. just like nice musicals like that um, mm-hmm. If you ask me out of the blue what my favorite musical is, my default answer is always Anything Goes. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed. Ooh, love Anything musical. Goes. So love much. It. I think it's because of the uh, the tap work, because the tap mm-hmm. work is absolutely mm-hmm. insane. And yeah. it's a cheesy love story. Like at the end of the day, it's not trying to be anything it's not. It's a dumb, cheesy love story that happens to take place on a boat. It's yep. simple, it's easy, it's straight to the point. Anyway, so. Mm-hmm. The Pajama Games is same era. I think Anything Goes came out in the mid 40s. Pajama Games came out in the early 50s. So like very much the same time frame, time period. Um, And the musical style is very similar. The reason why I wanted to talk about Pajama Games is because it actually, while still being fun and light, it's a little bit more serious, I guess I would say. Um, So essentially the, the main premise of this is the main characters work in a pajama factory. Their job is, it's a bunch of women. Their job is to like sew like the pajama bottoms and tops and like match them together, you know, cause this is like, this is the 1950s. Um, and other factories are starting to unionize and they're like also trying to fight to unionize to get like their, their pay weight, uh, their pay increase. And like their boss isn't really giving way. And um, this new superintendent gets hired right off of the spot um because like he has like some business experience and he's a stereotypical he's the protagonist he's like right. a 1950s dreamy man you know the the stereotypical <laughs> i have no idea who mm. the actor's name is i didn't recognize it right off the bat it was just like another white guy in hollywood um and he does a fine job he does a fine job of being the white right. guy in of course of course anyway. oh, yeah but um so there's a little bit of a love story that's kind of like the driving point of it between him the new superintendent and the head of the i think it's technically the complaints department um and like they end up like falling a revolutionary and the capitalist is that what it is it, okay okay it starts like that but it changes it changes okay. i guarantee okay. otherwise i wouldn't be talking about it otherwise i okay. wouldn't be talking about it um shoot there's so much that i want to talk about but i need to like get out so you have the information um one 
one of my favorite songs. It's not the song everyone talks about. I know the song that everyone talks about, and the song everyone talks about is amazing. I'll bring that up in a second. But this song, and I think it's like the third song in the musical. It's called I'm Not At All In Love. And it's after like they first met, and like everyone can tell that the main female, Babe, is her name. It's has to be Catherine, but everyone calls her Babe. Um, and then the main guy, um, I think his name is Danny Dale. It's something random, doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah. they met and all of their coworkers think that they're in love. And it's this cute, cheesy song about teasing her about being in love. And like mm -hmm. all the girls in the factory, it's like a chorus, it's an ensemble song where all the girls are teasing her, making fun of her. And she's like yelling at them and complaining. And they do the stereotypical, very high school-esque thing. They're like, oh, no, like, oh, can't you tell? She mm -hmm. always smiles this much when she's at work. This has mm -hmm. nothing to do with him. Her mm -hmm. eyes are always beaming. She always has that glow about her, clearly. Yeah. This is just this is a normal Tuesday for her. This is how she comes to work every day. And it's so funny because she gets more and more frustrated, more and more mad. Um, but the reason why we need to talk about this musical, the reason why I liked it, one, they are fighting, like if they succeed and they get like the pay increase that they want, they'll be making a dollar fourteen an hour, which when you translate to today's money is it's nothing. Um, no, no, it's no, that's still a lot. Like today's money, if they're making one fourteen an hour, that's in nineteen fifty-seven. Um, that equivalents to eleven twenty eight today, which is oh, four dollars yeah. higher than the federal minimum wage today. Okay. So a little bit, a little bit suspicious. It's been sixty plus years, and we're still fighting on like inflation's happened in those sixty years, mm -hmm. but the wages cool. really haven't. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, because I heard that number, I was like, oh, I'll look it up. I bet it'll, it'll be interesting. And I was like shocked. I was like, really? Yeah. Really? Like what they're arguing to make and then at the end obviously succeed in making is higher than what people are making in a similar industry today hmm. by our own standards? That's a little bit suspicious. That's a little bit suspicious government. Anyways, the but the main, I think this is right around the end of Act 1. Um, they're getting fed up that the demands aren't being met and um, the superintendent is really trying to take the the side of the boss. He's like, the boss is trying, he's doing the best they can. He's being a little suck up bootlicker. It's fine. Um, and so she's like, she's like, okay, we're going to go slow. And so she makes everyone in the entire factory sew as slowly as possible. And then when they get mad at her, she takes one of the pieces of cloth and she jams it into one of the machines. So the entire factory has to shut down. And then um, the superintendent is running around. He's like, who did that? Who did that? And she immediately steps up and she's like, I did it. And then like, he, he fires her like on the spot. And they have like, I really like that even though she's head over heels in love, she's like, no, the union is way more important than like keeping this man. I will fight for my coworkers. Mm. I will fight for my women. I will fight so that we get paid. I'm not going to kiss up to the boss just because like, just because like I'm in love with one of the superintendents. Mm. My people come first. And then like good news, um, it turns around and he actually ends up seeing her side and fighting for her and like the union passes, everything works out. They all have their happy ending. But I really like that. I really like that she was definitively, no, my my coworkers come before you and she doesn't cave in and she doesn't mm -hmm. back down and the musical doesn't make her. Yeah, no dick is more important. No. Exactly. Same also, with the girls. Also, it turns out that um the pay increase actually happened a long time ago and the boss was just taking all the extra profits for himself. He wrote down the pay increase and he was like, he wrote it down in the expenses and he was just hoarding all the extra money for himself. Oh! And so they catch him and then they kick him out. Let's jam him into the machine. Let's go. Let's go. And that's why I love it because it's literally, it's like, it's a dumb love story, but it's also sticking up for your rights. It's mm -hmm. the, the good guys win. The mm -hmm. guess what? The the CEO was a corrupt person all along. Who, 
Who could have guessed? guessed? And then he gets kicked out, and the heroes get their pay increase. So it's really nice, simple, short, funny. We love that. We also love when musicals from back in the day relate to now. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. in our times now, with like people going on strike, trying Mm -hmm. to get better pay, better raise, better compensation, better benefits. Cause you know, the pandemic has been hard on all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, not hard on some people, talking to you 1%, but hard on a lot of us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop hiring scabs. Okay. Real people need to work. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Put food on the table. Thank you. But also, I'm definitely gonna check out that musical. Yeah. Also, for either if you, you guys are interested, the song that everyone talks about is called Steam Heat. It's at this, I think it's a union meeting. It's like technically what it is. Um, the tap work. Steam Heat. I cannot. Like, take a second right now, like mute it. I don't care. Look at the tap work. Look at the tap. We love like, tap dancing. I love anything goes more yes. than pajama games. But this one song's tap work. Mm-hmm. I think might be better than any individual one song in With, Pajama Game. I mean, in uh, Anything Goes. We love that for us. We truly do. And I love Anything Goes too, because is Steam Heat the 11 o'clock number? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, we love that. We love that. I know Anything Goes, like the titular um, number yeah. of mm-hmm. the musical Anything Goes is also 11 o'clock number. I love a number just before the break. Like just mm. like at the end of the story, like yes, come on, leave me on my toes, because you know, like, and the- there are those musicals where the first act is giving you like progress, it's giving you hope, it's giving you joy. Second act, <laughs> it's going to kill it. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. You thought you thought the story was gonna turn around? No, there are two acts of the story, sweetheart. And the second one, <laughs> you know, I love that. I'm definitely gonna look up this musical now that you've told yeah. me about it. Um, the only, I'm gonna admit, I have no idea where you can watch it normally. I watched a bootleg version on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I swear it was in like quality like 380, 360. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fine. It's fine. It did come out a long time ago. It wasn't like anything massively successful. Um, but I do want to point out because this is like much more in the time where it was less a movie musical and they were just like musical movies i know that's like yeah. not much of a difference but like that's kind of how it was framed that's how they looked at it it's like um, the music man right yeah kind of like in that yeah uh, very much like mary poppins us too mm-hmm. even though like mary poppins mm-hmm. did become like a hugely successful show it was much more musical movie yeah um, it's giving more like a music man less thoroughly modern millie because mm-hmm. that's like tap and singing majority of well, the time. I love Philly Bobby Billy too. I love it too. I love, if if there's a, if it's a tap musical, you yes! know I can you know yes! I can sing basically every track in it. I'm I actually so, saw like a I saw a theater competition in high school and I was like, yes, come on now. Everybody was like hitting the notes. I was excited. I loved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Wait, yes. shoot, I was gonna say something extremely important. Sorry, I I, I, mean, no, I, I it, it clearly wasn't that important. It clearly wasn't that. You'll important. probably remember though. Remember, You'll probably remember, remember it. You were saying it's not a movie. It's like a movie. Oh yeah, a mu- yeah. yeah, it's a musical movie. What I want to say, oh my goodness, not to like attack any of the actors or actresses or anything, because it's fine. Like this, they're they're probably dead now. Yeah, honestly. they're probably dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, singing talent wasn't something they were looking for when casting. This was mm-hmm. very much like get like people who are relevant right now, get pretty faces. Um, and singing comes second. And that's something like yeah. I forgot that that like that back in the day, like stardom was all that mattered. And if you were like the star mm-hmm. right then, you were going to be in everything. It didn't matter your talent necessarily. Like it, even if like if you were good at one thing, it would just be like, oh well, he or she is just a good actress everywhere. And then they cast you in things that like 
mm-hmm. she really can't act that well in. I mean, it's the like same thing like now. Big, yeah, yeah. It's still like yeah. the big thing now, but it's very obvious. Cause like nowadays, if we have like a bad singer, like um in like in the heights, if there was a bad singer, or like West Side Story, absolutely mm-hmm. flamed. They'd be trash. They'd be like, why is this D-list singer among the A-list? D-list. Like it's gotten, <laughs> yeah. it's gotten cutthroat. But like mm-hmm. they are like half the time, anyone that wasn't like the main two characters, um, I couldn't tell you if they were on pitch or not. I could not tell you. It was, it was <laughs> weird. It was awkward. It was like, it was sing speaking, speak singing. I don't know. Oh. But like, you know, when you're only like half doing it, but you could tell that in the song, because I've listened, like I've seen like this actual show, you're supposed to be singing those lines mm-hmm. and they were clearly yeah. not. They couldn't do it. They couldn't. Yeah. They were pretty faces and they did like a, a fair enough job as like a supporting character. I like them. They were fine, whatever. But it was very clear that their talent did not lie in singing. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is something that would like never fly now. Oh, definitely. Like you, you cannot be part of like a big musical without yeah. being like an amazing singer. That actually relates to a movie I'm going to talk about, but um, continue on with what you were saying. I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> no, you can go ahead. That was, that was the last okay. point I had to mention. Okay. I, I attack capitalism. <laughs> I attack capitalism. That's all I need to yes. do. Could have it said, put it on a stake. Yes, exactly. All right, great. Like you were saying, um, with like actors, like when you're in a movie musical, you have to like be able to sing. I am mm-hmm. going to talk about La La Land. And I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I saw it when it first came out. I was one of those people that wasn't really there for it. But okay. the reason for that is because like when I first watched it, I didn't finish it. And I wanted to go back and finish it. The only I, reason it won is because of the ending. Oh my gosh, bro. I tried to I tried to watch this movie several times. I've tried to finish the movie several times. I tried to watch it today. I was like, I'm going to finish it. I have to finish it today. I know what the ending is, but I have to finish it. I didn't finish it. I was like, this thing again, this again, these white people, I'm over it. I'm done. No. I can't do this. Okay. Because like, like you were saying, when you're in a movie musical, you got to know how to sing. Mm-hmm. And... Emma Stone, she was already on Broadway in 2014 for Cabaret with Alan Cumming, and she was great. Like, I've seen clips of her performance. She's great. And Ryan Gosling, he learned how to sing, and he learned to play piano in, like, three months for this movie. And he was killing it on the keys. Like, there were no finger doubles on nothing. It was him. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yes, it was It's giving Andrew Garfield. Yes, it is. Yes, it was so good. And John Legend, he's in the movie. He's been playing piano since he was four. He watched Ryan Gosling play. He's like, oh, wow, okay. Wow, look at that. Like, John Legend had to learn how to, like, he had to take acting classes and, like, guitar for his role in the movie. But he was looking at him. He was like, oh, all right. Listen, a Grammy-nominated actor looks at you and says, all right, go on, like That man. says something. Like, you yeah, better you be doing little, something with it. You got to do right there. You know what I mean? But I was watching La La Land and, like, oh, okay. I'm just gonna get into how I feel about La La Land. And I know that a lot of people like it. I know. And there are a lot of like white theater nerds that are like really into La La Land. They love it. Let me tell you something. If you like La La Land, you also like Grease. If you like La La Land, you also like Little Shop. Don't say that. And you like Hairspray too. All right. And also if you're someone who likes La La Land, I have an inkling, I have a little feeling that your school that had like five black kids in the theater program try to do like dream girls at one point but then someone had to speak try to do the whiz let's do something else let's do something else you know so i say that because no hate or no shade against like emma stone or ryan gosling they're both very talented actors they obviously did a lot of work they obviously worked hard on this movie you know damien chazelle he 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 did his thing with this mm-hmm. film like 
he deserves the acclaim that he got the the script oh not script maybe okay the cinematography the (laughs) design all right the the concept the concept for the movie is like a love story you know you have Mm -hmm. the actress she's struggling she wants to make it big you have the guy he loves jazz and like he wants it to be like he doesn't he wants it traditional he's a traditionalist he's like I want it like it was like it used to be you know they don't they're killing it you know LA they like they worship everything but they don't respect anything like mm-hmm. he has these one-liners in the movie that for some people would seem like deep and to me it's tired you know it's like sir it's giving very much like Russ you know like those deep fake people that like give you Instagram quotes oh, and they mm-hmm. want you to think that like they're like oh like that mm-hmm. was like babe I'm sorry, Gary V. We don't care. We don't care. You tell oh, your dumb every day. Shit. Please shut up. Like we do not care. All right. But the movie it starts with um, Emma Stone's character. I forgot homegirl's name. It's okay though. Um, Emma Stone's character. No, I wrote it down. I probably wrote it Her down. Her name's Lala. Lala, is it? <laughs> I, I just said Lala. 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 Like, How are you lying <laughs> to me? <laughs> Why would you say that to me? Oh my gosh, keep oh, Glenn. You're gonna kill me. Was it I thought for a split second it could have been. I was like, <laughs> her name is Mia. All right, Mia, struggling actress. She she's a barista. She's going to auditions. She's not getting anything. She meets Sebastian. Sebastian has a very unhealthy obsession with jazz music. He does. He lives in an apartment. He doesn't pay his bills. He has no insurance on his car. He's trying to live life on the edge. He's like, you know, I don't need to be tied down. He doesn't like authority either. He doesn't like being told what to do. Mm. Okay. Okay. And him and Mia, they meet. They don't like each other at first. They start to warm up to each other. Of course, Mia has the boyfriend that's like generic white guy, rich, powerful family. Doesn't really like her. Doesn't really pay attention to her. She doesn't like him. She breaks up with him. Like, Literally, she's having dinner with him, her boyfriend, boyfriend's brother, boy, brother's um, wife. He, she looks at him and she's like, it's over. And walks out of the restaurant. I'm like, rude, but okay. <laughs> I guess that's how we're doing it now. I guess that's how we break up with people. Mm. But she starts hanging out with Sebastian a lot. You know, Sebastian, he plays in a restaurant with like pre-approved music and he hates it. Cause he wants to be like free jazz. He's a phoenix rising from the ashes. You know what I mean? He's he's different. He's not like those other girls. You know what I mean? He is literally uh-huh. not like any other girl. <laughs> he is really not like these other girls. And the movie it has like very old school classic Hollywood tropes within the films. And you like see like when people are driving on the road, it has like the flashing lights of the cities and like the street signs. It has like the beautiful cinematography of like the sunsets. And like when the camera is like the wide angle lens of like a building and the beautiful blue dark night sky like it's gorgeous it's gorgeous to look at it's beautiful beautiful gowns beautiful gowns you know what i mean the singing though like nothing against emma stone because i'm sure she's a great singer and ryan gosling is a good singer for the purpose of the film you know what i mean like he's hitting them notes and he understands like he's getting there like he's there, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. a certain harmony. There are certain harmonies and melodies where they're singing, where it's like, hold on, run that back for me one more time. Okay. Yeah, that was pitchy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do that again. I don't know if they had a music, I don't know who the music producer was. It wasn't John because there are some notes they were hitting that was like, mm, the mics? Is it the mics? Is it the sound? Do y'all need something on the walls? <laughs> there's something with the acoustics in here. I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? But you know, it's just like it's a love story. The movie is a love story and a lot of people call it like a masterpiece and one of the best films that came out of that year. And it's good. It's a good movie, but I think a lot of it 
hangs on nostalgia. It relies on like cliches or classic movie musicals you see. It has the guy who's like a rebel. It's the girl who wants to like, who's inspired by the rebel. You know what I mean? And she wants to try something new. She wants to try something different. And this guy, this guy gets it in his head that she wants him to be responsible. She doesn't want that. She wants you to follow your dreams, but just like have a safety net for your dreams. He doesn't listen because as most men don't listen in those kind of movies. So no. And he works with, um, he signs a deal with Keith. Keith is John Legend. John Legend, he's a successful jazz singer in the movie. And he makes like neo jazz is the best way I could describe it. Like Sebastian, at one point he works at a jazz club. This is another thing. Every single instance where y'all are talking about jazz, I see black people, but I never hear black people. That's the problem. (laughs) I see a lot of white people talking and nobody else. All right. It's very much like Mia, Sebastian love story, but y'all using um, music made by black people and black struggles and black freedom that is meant to, that has a very deep history and you have a black actor black musician in your film that makes that music in real life and has won Grammys and acclaim for that music in real life and he is painted as the antagonist in the film as well and Sebastian and me are somehow like the heroes like Sebastian is like better than Keith because he wants to keep it he wants to keep it old school he wants it the way it used to be he plays he plays the keys at a jazz club which is a bunch of black people that are just playing and dancing around him and Mia at one place her dancing and other black people are cheering her on. And I don't know why, because the dancing is not giving what you think it is. Like, it's not <laughs> anything goes. It's not <laughs> anything goes. It's not thoroughly water really. It's thoroughly, please sit she down. She didn't throw off her flats and put on the top <laughs> shoes and jump on one of the tables. It's like that thing where like everyone's dancing and the white girl gets really excited. She's like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to oh, try. Everyone's God. hyping her up. And it's like, it's like genuine hyping up, not the hyping up. Like, haha! It's like you see this white girl, me. go white girl, go white girl, go white girl, go white. It's like genuine. You know what I mean? It's like you remember that um scene from Camp Rock where Allison Stoner is like doing the and then she's like, she's good. She's really good. That scene. It's giving very much like, uh huh. Why people think this hit, but it didn't. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel like throughout the whole movie. Cause like, it's a cute love story. It's great. He loves jazz, but like, sir, you live this life that's irresponsible and reckless and you are integrating, you're putting yourself in a space that is of a culture that you are not part of at all, but you want to act like it's yours. Like you created it. Like you're so high and mighty. Like you're very much insufferable right now. Like this is your baby somehow. Like a jazz club closed down and turned to a top-ups place and he has made it his life's mission to buy it up because he's going to save jazz. He's going to make it new. He's going to save the day. It's not yours to begin with. You're a visitor here. Like you're not the curator or the creator. I understand that you're inspired by it, but he feels upon himself to be the savior of jazz. And nobody asks you to save it. Even Keith White savior sorry you could I just, say <laughs> you could say i was just question i wasn't sure i didn't want to make yes. any assumptions and then the <laughs> that i watched a bunch of youtube videos talking about the movie musical no one ever covered the fact that like no one of cover, color speaks in this movie you have a music genre dominated by black people black people exist in the background and that's it that's it we're just background characters we're just decoration like y'all are in the in crowd somehow you know like he literally says in the movie like jazz is dying because of people like you people like me people like- shy. explain explain who the people like me are my grandfather 
sir, let me ask you a question. What did your ancestors listen to jazz or blues? And who made blues? Who made folk music? Who made rock music? Who? Not your ancestors, not your grandpappy. That's what I want to say, first of all. And also, Keith brings up a very interesting point of like, how are you going to be revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? Because that's very true to just like <clears throat> anything. Like, if you want to make a change, you cannot keep doing the same thing they were doing in the past. You got to switch it up and do something new. Mm. You know, like Martin Luther King was not always like respectability. I don't know why Brian McKay to this, but I did. <laughs> like, he wasn't always respectability. Like, he was like, listen, we got to shake shit up and do something different. You know what I mean? And maybe that's like a little different from like music, but music is inspirational, it's revolutionary. And people listen to music to inspire themselves. And I understand, I don't know why um, Sebastian feels inspired to not pay his bills or get insurance on his car, but um, he should feel inspired to maybe get a job. You know what I mean? Like this white man really thinks, oh, everything's gonna work out for me. Everything's gonna fall on my lap. And it does. Like at the end of the movie, he gets his jazz club. He names it Sebs. It's successful. He's playing any kind of jazz he wants five years later at the end of the movie. And everyone loves that ending. But I'm looking at the ending and I'm like, okay, I see Keith, someone who probably struggled to make it in the music industry. Someone who was told his sound is too black. His sound is too this. You have to do this. You have to just conform and fit in. Because he said in the movie, you can't play like old jazz music because the kids aren't listening to that. The young people aren't listening to that. And young people drive up the charts. They make you the money. So what you got to do, you got to start with some smooth jazz and you got to bring in that tech board that lights up. You know, you got to bring in the keyboards, the, you know, you got to bring in the guitar, you got to bring in the dancers, you got to bring in the backup singers, you got to bring in the glittery dress, you got to bring in the neon lights, because that brings in young people, that gets you streams on Spotify, that gets you on the billboard charts. The white man can play old jazz music, and people were like, oh, he's revolutionary. He's something completely different. He's, he's does something new. No, you took something that Black people were doing, you co-opted it as your own, and you made, you were successful off of it. And now it's yours? And now it's all yours? No, it's not it. You know, I guess that's my biggest gripe with the movie. And like watching it the second time, no, this is the fourth time I've tried to watch this movie. I've tried to watch this movie several times. I've tried so hard to like this movie. Every time I tell someone I don't like the movie, you don't have to like the movie. You don't have to like the movie. I I have also never watched the movie. I saw that was I saw that was Winnie the Woods. I was like, so it's not a movie I would enjoy watching. Mm. There's a yeah. strong trend. If it's winning the <laughs> if it's winning the awards, nine times out of ten, I probably won't enjoy it. watching it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Tess, what did you think of La La Land? I didn't like it. I didn't like the ending. I didn't yeah. like I just didn't like it. I didn't get it. Everybody was making this seem like, oh, it's this critically acclaimed movie. I just didn't like it. And I think um, you were talking about it a little bit earlier. And also Glenn was, but like um, movie musicals, it's supposed to like replicate movie musicals from like 1940s, 50s, like the um, aesthetic of it, um, like with the dancing and stuff. And, but the ending didn't replicate that. And I think that's why it just, fell flat for me because Mm -hmm. right at the ending they didn't end up together Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly yeah and I was like what yeah if you didn't end up together what was the entire story what was the reason literally like Like, you either have to end up together or you have to die like (laughs) you get one of two options one of two options I think one I think one other thing I didn't like about the ending was that I wrote this down was that like the whole time Sebastian is romanticizing everything and like, it's not that Mia gave up on her dreams, it's that she was just kind of like waiting. 
you know, and Sebastian inspired her to take a leap of faith. So she wrote her own one woman show. And I'm like, I'm seeing, I'm like, that's interesting. I've never seen that in a movie before. So I like that. I like that says different. And in the movie, Sebastian does end up going on tour with John Legend. And it's very much like the modern, like, people don't like my music. So I'm just going to do what makes me money. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't have any other choice. It's like, I get that. Artists have to do that all the time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to sacrifice what you really want to do to make money because you got mm-hmm. bills to pay. You can't mm-hmm. run without insurance, sir. Like that's just not safe. It's not smart. You got all these tax dues on your table and you're busy on the keyboard just playing on your piano. No, just sell vibe. the piano, just vibes. <laughs> He's just vibing. That's all you need to pay the bills. Good no. vibes. Honestly. Sell that piano <laughs> and pay your rent, please. Or else you're going to be living in that car and then it's going to be towed away. And guess what you're going to be? <laughs> Homeless. Mm-hmm. all right but uh, like homeless but he'll still have his piano and that's what really matters i think no, you forget no. that's what really matters the piano oh. <laughs> no they're gonna sell that piano the landlord is gonna be like nah this is done this is trash mm-hmm. and that's another thing about the movie it romanticizes los angeles because obviously los angeles is like not beautiful movie sets everywhere everything's like monochromatic beautiful colors like changing and clashing like so lovely together in the movie like it's dirty there it's very much dirty like people like any major metropolitan city like in atlanta they're homeless people it's dirty it's not clean things the roads are not paved people are not all pretty and nice like it's it's mean out there you know what i mean and another thing about like following your dreams is that you can't just like hope and then it's gonna happen you know you can't just have like I understand like people like because tiktok manifestation is very much like main character syndrome yeah yeah <laughs> like you feel like it's your story so you have to succeed sometimes you will be the antagonist of someone else's story and that will come at your own downfall and that's okay and sometimes you can make a one woman show and it fails and that's just it or you can try something else you know not always is that like you go on a hundred auditions and you get the one and you become a star sometimes you get the one good audition and then you're a one-hit wonder or mm-hmm. you get a bunch of good auditions and you know it fluctuates you know like Mia's story reminds me of uh Phoebe Bridger because she had oh, a one-woman mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. too and it did not do well but then she had Fleabag and she's having success after success, hit after hit, number one after number one. This girl went home with awards in her arms, like babies. You know what I mean? Like she was getting it. You know, it was like hard. She was, she like, was juggling. She was mm-hmm. like, she was rocking back and forth. <laughs> like, oh, look at this show. Oh my gosh. Like she was holding that. Like you can have that story, but sometimes it doesn't happen for like everybody. And I get that's like the part of the romanticized version of the movie. Like it romanticizes LA, it romanticizes love. And like it also takes away from the fact that like, you want to like achieve your dreams and you want these things to happen and you want to make them come true but you want to do it because you love it because it's for you because it's Mm -hmm. your hope but if at the end of the movie you achieve everything and it's just like work it's just like oh it's so easy like you're not talking about what you love like she walked around the movie set and she talked about I love the sets I love the design I love I did this with my aunt my aunt was an actress I want to do what she loved but then you become an international star and it feels very fake you know it doesn't I don't feel that same hope it's just very like flat Mm -hmm. to me you know I don't have that same joy and like why did I go through this whole movie seeing the beautiful cinematography the beautiful camera shots, the amazing costume design, the dancing, the hope, the singing, the romantic, the air. And at the end, it's just like, I guess, like you're an international star. 
girl like you're like you're like the you're like you're miss kate blanchett you're like <laughs> miss thang you're miss thang but you're not miss thang you know mm-hmm. and then the end they have like this meaningful glance at each other like maybe we needed to separate from each other to really achieve our dreams it's like maybe you'll need to communicate <laughs> what you wanted and what you needed in the relationship to make it work maybe mm-hmm. sebastian you shouldn't have jumped to conclusions about what she wanted from you in the relationship and just talked to her sir because you know it's in the movie they always talk over each other they're never listening mm-hmm. they're never paying attention i don't want this relationship like y'all can have that y'all can have that you know what i mean and anytime they were talking he was looking off dreaming and she's looking directly at him she's looking why are you giving me all too well vibes why is it all over again all over again instead of 10 minutes it's two hours and i'm tired i'm done i can't do this but yeah i mean the next movie i'm gonna talk about is the exact same thing i don't know mm-hmm. why i picked both these movies but they're the same thing like my next movie the last five years it's the same mm-hmm. thing but like i also <laughs> realized i did that accidentally i realized as i was explaining the pajama games that newsies is mm-hmm. also a just about a strike uh-huh. it's, it's... Yeah. Well, you know you would um test you were talking about like the ending you were like you were about to get on a roll about how yeah. much you hate the ending of la la land and then we like cut you off yeah, no, okay, no, no 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 I wasn't. I, I just didn't like the ending because I didn't get it. Um, yeah. and I'm having trouble like remembering <laughs> it exactly, but I just remember it just ended with them not being together. And I was like, well, this is like what they're trying to like replicate is yeah. like from the 1940s where, you know, like a love song, they end happily ever after and they both pursue their dreams, but they're both together. They have two and a half kids, like, you know, the, that, that type of thing. But it just didn't end like that. And I was like, I just, I remember looking around and I was like, what? this, this yeah. is what you guys are saying is the greatest thing the greatest movie of our time and i yeah i just didn't like it yeah i get that because at the end like she's married with the kid and like they have this like dream sequence where they imagine their life together if they stayed together mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i know that if they had stayed together it would have been like those couples that are like who's the man that wrote marriage story that guy oh it would have been like you know those it's always those white directors that make movies based off their own relationships that uh, failed and they don't realize that they uh, were the reason that the relationship failed. Noah Bumbach? Yeah, Noah Bumbach. You ain't, listen, sir. He made that movie. He wrote Marriage Story and like, there's another one. There's another film, um, like Midsummer by Ari Aster. Like, white men making movies about your failed relationships? It's not the flux that you don't, think it is. Don't you dare. Okay, wait a second. I actually can't complain about Marriage Story <laughs> because that's great. But don't you dare compare Midsummer to Marriage Story. I'm just, I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying it's like, it's the same two, like two men that like yeah. make art based off their past relationships, mm-hmm. like grow or to like heal from it. It's like, I'm watching this and I'm supposed to be rooting for you, but I see the problem in the movie and it's not the wife. It's, it's not the woman that was flirting with you because you're so special and you're so talented. It's not everybody else who's boosting so, you up. It's question. not. Does that mean that you're Team Kathy? I'm sorry? For team the last Kathy? five years. Are you Team Kathy then? We, you know, we can get to that when I talk about it. <laughs> no, no. I have, I have thoughts about Mar- that last five years. I, to be honest, I don't like either of them, but we can talk about that later. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm done <laughs> talking about, I'm done talking about, um, uh la la land y'all can keep la la land like every single white youtuber that i watch that likes musicals covered uh someone in the crowd or like one of those songs and i was just like y'all make me tired y'all make me tired i'm done okay that's great yeah 
So Tess, um, you were talking about In the Heights. What was the other movie you want to talk uh, about? Dear Evan Hansen. Dear um, okay. Uh, yeah. It's time I'm waiting for this one. I've yes. been waiting. Okay, I actually have like kind of a hot take about this, but oh, um, okay. So I guess Dear Evan Hansen, if people haven't been able to like catch it, it's basically about this high schooler who um tells a lie that he's friends with this um boy who was really bullying him. Um, but he's he tells a lie that he's friends with this boy because the boy ends up killing himself, and people find a note that implicates Evan and I can't remember the other kid's name, but um that they're like BFF. Connor? Yeah, Connor, Connor, yes. Connor. Yeah. Connor. So that um people think that Connor and Evan are best friends. So Evan just continues to like live this lie. Mm -hmm. Um he ends up becoming or like trying to date or he does date um Connor's sister. Yeah. Um and it just really just spirals out of control. Uh to the point where it all just comes crashing around him and him just trying to like pick up the pieces and move forward mm -hmm. um my hot take is okay so ben platt there's a lot of discussion ben platt should have played evan i say no but mm -hmm. i i think the critics i don't want to say overhyped because he did look terrible he looked like the guy from elf mm -hmm. um uh when he played evan like when he yeah, played yeah, evan yeah. just because he just looked like a grown child trying to play a high schooler mm -hmm. which looks a little weird especially when he was dating um connor's mm -hmm. sister um yeah. it was like mm, you kind of look like a full-grown man mm -hmm. um who's trying to pretend that he's like a high schooler but i love the movie and i cry and i actually mm -hmm. just feel like it's a um a hot take about our capitalistic society um and that is why he even ended up in this position the reason why i think that is because if Connor's mom was able to support herself on her income alone and she didn't have to work all these long hours, she could have been able to notice that Connor, not, no, that not Connor's, but Evan's mental health um, was deeply declining and that he would need help. And she, if she could like provide him with like the counseling that he needed like more consistently, um, then he would, I don't think half of these problems would have occurred, but it was mm -hmm. because she had to work these many hours, um, which a lot of moms have to, um, especially like single moms, and they don't get their father like, a, like another parental support. They have to work these long hours and you just miss so many like crucial identifiers that your child is struggling. Um, and I don't want to say like, oh, if she was there. It would have like definitely saved Evan from like um, right. falling deep down into this line. But um I definitely do think it would have helped, but I guess with Connor, his life, everything was prepared for him. He he didn't struggle as much and he still had a lot of these mental issues. And like, there's nothing that his mother could do to, um, like they try to take him to treatment facilities. Excuse me, they tried to um, provide him with the best doctors. They literally tried to do every single thing to make sure that, excuse me, Connor was okay, but, I don't want to, it just didn't work um I don't know if there's like a better way of phrasing that but yeah I think it's actually like a breakdown of American society and I think it's like super I've never really heard anybody talk about it that way that um they I feel like the first thing people want to attack is like oh Ben Platt um mm. is like terrible <clears throat> in this role he doesn't look right but I'm like if you just close your eyes you can literally like it just all mm. starts to make sense it's just right I don't know but I 
I also thought it was really interesting the way the cast was talking about like the way he looked and um in relation to like other movie musicals like I know people brought up Grease and they were like well they were all like 30 but I think Grease was trying to do something completely different than what yeah. Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. was trying to do mm-hmm. um I think Dear Evan Hansen was trying to be a more realistic Disney Channel type version of um not necessarily the, even Disney Channel but like the aesthetic of Disney Channel. It was Channel. like trying to do after school special on mental mm-hmm. health. Yeah. Mm-hmm yes yes I think that's like a like a perfect way of describing it rather than like Greece which I don't know it's it was made in like what the 70s or 80s and yeah. um, they all looked the same age they mm-hmm. might not have looked 18 but they all kind of looked the same age so it kind of worked versus like Evan just or not Evan but Ben Platt just looks so out of place like with his curly messy top hair I know one article is literally saying he looks like a villain like an actual like yeah like a, like a murderer like uh like trying to giving very him. much Michael Myers mm-hmm. yes yes mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what they said but yeah mm-hmm. no I I love the musical and I don't know I think it just really um because I went to go see it with someone who said that like oh no like I definitely related to the mother's pain um, as well as like the relationship that uh, Evan had to the mother's pain because like they were in a similar situation. And it was like, huh, I don't think that was reflected on by like the general audience that like capitalism is what is causing all of these people to suffer as well as all of these people's parents to not actually listen to these people who have a legitimate problem. Also, let me just say this, um, Connor, like having all these anger management issues that just didn't seem to be taken seriously by the school reminds me of that shooting that happened this past week or not this past week but like recently how like um the school staff uh didn't take the students um uh like like i guess threats to the school um seriously and then he ended up um, committing a horrific crime and it's like i don't know like i don't know like connor definitely had issues but it was like he was allowed to I don't want to say live, I don't want to say that, but I just don't know how seriously his mental health was taken. It seemed more that everybody was like, well, it's Connor. This is just what the life he's going to live. Um, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't be like completely like removed from society, but like he had legitimate issues and mm-hmm. I don't know how seriously everyone was taking them. I don't know. I want to talk about like the anger management part because Connor, I think that also ties into um, Connor's sister. Uh, how she sang like Requiem. I love that song. I his, love mm-hmm. that song, man. Yeah. Every time she says it, she says, you're the monster. I'm like, say it. Say it, queen. Because there are a lot of good points in the musical that are brought up, but it sometimes gets sidetracked from the fact that um, Evan is not the best main character for the musical. But mm-hmm. Zoe being upset because her brother has passed away and like everyone's so sad that he's gone but they didn't know Connor the same way that she did because Mm -hmm. he was not the best brother to her it also brings up how like a lot of times kids they get in trouble in school and they act out and you just think it's because like the kid is just a bad kid but it could be behavioral problems and how like you need to pay attention to what's going on with the kid maybe something's at home maybe it is but maybe something going on with the kid and like them like internally you know, mm-hmm. and there would be better mental health services available at schools mm-hmm. because you can't always depend on counselors to help kids because counselors can't really be taking care of like all these kids in the school 24-7. Sometimes you need like a team of people like really like looking out for these kids and like what's going on with them and how like <clears throat> anger is not something people talk about a lot in mental health. 
because when you think of people who are sad and depressed or like have this kind of like anxiety it's kids who are like quiet it's in the corner and you never mm-hmm. think of like the kids that like act out maybe like vandalize stuff or break things as a way of them acting out and like them dealing with like you know mental health problems and that's something that's like not even covered really in the musical but um because like connor is kind of like the stepping stone to evan which sucks because it's also reflected in the writers of the musical how they talked about how like a, a kid in their school also passed away the same way which is why they made dear evan hansen but you're evan and connor is the kid you're not telling connor's story you're telling evan's story when connor is the one that's like left us you know like it's a psa on like mental health but we're really focusing on one person's mental health that's kind of being affected by their own actions like they have anxiety but also your anxiety is drawn by your own actions like you lied like it's like it's the thing of like oh i didn't lie i just didn't explain it like no you lied like i just want to pick up a point real quick um how you're talking about how you like the musical i think that's how movie musicals work really well because you also talked about how like in the heights you felt like you really got the story through the movie musical like the movie because mm-hmm. not everybody can go to broadway and watch exactly. a musical mm-hmm. and there are local theaters in your state yes of course but not everybody has the time to like go see like what movies are what musicals are playing and like which theater and like what times and how to get tickets mm-hmm. and like get there and like da, 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 you know what i mean like going to the movies is not the same thing as going to a theater and seeing a play exactly or a show a lot of times when like you go to a local theater the people who are there are theater kids in high school middle school college and past families and like people who know people in the show mm-hmm. that's a lot of the times that people who go to like local shows or yeah. it's like you know senior citizens they're yeah. having like they're like night out and like they're in the bus and they go and see the like the musical or whatever mm-hmm. and movie musicals are great because it 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 brings musicals to people you know it brings it to others who don't see it a lot and in the heights and like other like in the heights whiz is also important because that's the representation that a lot of times people do not get like if you go into like a high school theater production you're not gonna see not everybody's gonna look like they should be in in the heights not everybody's gonna look like they should be in dream girls mm. but if you watch dream girls and you like movies and you like musicals that's gonna inspire you to like want to be on broadway or at least want to be on the screen in some way singing your heart out to like listen you know or singing breathe or singing requiem you know singing these amazing powerful songs in these musicals and i think dear evan hansen even though the musical itself, the story I have problems with, but the movie is good because it's brought this story, this play, this musical that a lot of people wouldn't know about unless they were a theater kid or unless they were a touch in Broadway in some way. It's bringing it to people who didn't know about it and they're exposed to it. And now they're like inspired by it, you know? I have one more thought about it. Okay, I think Dear Evan Hansen, I can't remember what the show is called. I'm trying to look it up right now. But there's a show that I think, I don't know why, but when I saw um, the show, I was like, hmm, these two main characters slightly mirror each other. And I think I've heard people bring it up. Um, the show is on Netflix. Um, it's basically a, like a white main protagonist, but instead I think he has, um, it's not It's not uh, Down syndrome, I think. I think he might Atypical. have- Atypical. Atypical. I was thinking yes. backwards. Um, mm-hmm. And 
that main character, I think, because they even wear like the same the same shirt, yeah, the mm-hmm. same like hair, like it's the yeah. same. Like, I was I like, think, why isn't anybody talking that this is? I think the kid has autism. Autism, or sorry, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I think he has autism, and um, like life has just been really hard, and he just has a lot of difficulty, um, like connecting with other people, and it's, mm-hmm. I guess you know it's just his story, and. I was seeing like similarities between him and Evan and I know Evan has more like anxiety but he doesn't relate to a lot of people and he Mm -hmm. has like a lot of nervous tics that make people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. which is the same thing with the main character of atypical like Mm -hmm. he makes people really awkward or makes sometimes people feel uncomfortable um but yeah I don't know they I was just like hmm I just wanted to bring that point point up of like they're a little similar and maybe if they made him um have like autism and how like Evan have autism maybe that would have better reflected the story versus like the way that they use anxiety it's more like a, a crutch um, yeah. in the story of mm-hmm. like oh well he has anxiety where whereas it's not and then he just stops taking his meds that was mm-hmm. already like that's a problem not- yeah <laughs> yeah I think anxiety is usually like, is an excuse for his actions like oh he didn't clear up because he has anxiety and he was scared so they want people to think he has a friend like autism would make sense because I feel like a lot of people are learning a lot more about like what it is to be autistic you know yeah. I think when I was younger people saw autism as like something that was bad but like it's not that bad to be autistic and not everybody who has autism is the same you know what I mm-hmm. mean and like if Evan had autism I feel like it would explain a lot of the a lot of the way he acts in the musical mm-hmm. but i also don't trust the writers to properly no. write somebody who has exactly asperger's because they can't even properly write this musical as as it is and another thing atypical i've never seen that show but i heard good things about it so i'm not gonna bash or anything but in the prospect of autism um when people think of autism they mainly think of like nerdy white boys that sit in the corner and read books yeah anybody can have autism anybody and it's not always simply as like the quiet kid Mm -hmm. and people don't know that because you don't spend enough time really I guess I don't want to say study but like really like learning other kids behaviors and how in certain kids those behaviors are seen as bad like if you see a little white boy looking up ammo on his phone people are going to ignore that but if you see a black boy acting out at school he gets in school suspension he gets expelled like there are schools that are bringing in they're bringing like the prison to school pipeline a bit too close to home you know like there is this story where like a young girl didn't turn in her homework assignments and then she could have gone to jail for that which didn't make any sense and that was way too extra for Mm -hmm. that yeah homework assignments it's not that deep she's too young for this it's not that serious like she forgot to do one too many worksheets y'all get on her for this we're in a pandemic all right people are a little stressed we got other things to worry about than filling out these worksheets like Mm -hmm. chill out miss robinson please you know and it's also the thing of like there there were probably tons of black kids in your school that had autism but they were not tested they did not think that they had autism they thought Mm -hmm. they were just acting out and they did not take those kids seriously when they're like i have adhd there's something else going on like no you're stupid or like you just don't get it or you're just not paying attention and you can also see that in Dear Evan Hansen, where Evan makes up this huge lie. So people think that he is friends with this guy who is not here anymore. So he cannot defend himself or say anything. But you have the one Black friend who is caught up in your lie. So you are making a charity 
where you're taking money from people and getting recognition from Neil Patrick Harris, all of this, and you don't stop to think for one second, hmm, how is this going to affect my one Black friend who could possibly get in more trouble for this than me? Because I have not seen a lot of people bring that up when I talk about Jeremy Hansen, and I will bring it up every single time. Because mm-hmm. there's only one Black character in this musical, and you want me to, ex- you want me to, you want me to believe that she wasn't even more pissed off about the fact that her friend who is shy and operated and broke his arm, whatever, made this huge lie. And now she's indicted in mm-hmm. this. Sir, the awareness is not there. The awareness is lacking. You know what I mean? Like, I don't trust you to write for an autistic person because you can't, because you can't even no. write this story well. I don't trust people to really understand autism within young Black children. And then you have this story Ooh. with this kid. Like, it's just, y'all are missing things. Y'all are missing things. It's an iceberg. You know, you think it's just this? You think it's a glacier? No, there's more to it. There's much more. It's bigger. It's much bigger. You know what I mean? I think yeah. with Atypical, they never really use um, the main character having autism as an excuse. They more use it as an explanation, which is mm-hmm. why I think I just enjoy the show a lot better mm-hmm. um, than for its portrayal of like mental health but you're right I honestly I'll be completely honest when I was like what five or six I didn't know like autism or down syndrome affected like people of color Mm -hmm. um just because most of the people I saw or the way it was explained to me um not explained to me but the way like I like you know like into the world was just white children Mm -hmm. and like growing up like I like got diagnosed for ADHD when I was in college so it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't have these kind of like thoughts um like as you're a child because the media you consume is mostly like white children white boys who have these issues and it just it just creates a, like a one-dimensional narrative um and I think yeah. that's also why they it's so much difficult to diagnose like girls just because like symptoms will sometimes show up differently in them but yeah I I definitely understand kind of what the creators of Dear Van Hansen were going for but did they I don't I think they kind of missed the mark a lot um and I think it's really interesting yeah. how like I can't remember her name but the one character is supposed to be like a black woman but mm-hmm. um she like is the one at fault and Evan really doesn't care he does not care that the entire world is tumbling down around mm-hmm. her that she has to like carry this weight um and I, I don't know I, I feel like that's pretty that's pretty true mm-hmm. if you were in an American high school so yeah I was going yeah. to bring up that it it is very like I'd be more surprised if she had no no i'd be more surprised if they had written it that she got more mad or that evan actually cared because that would be very untrue yes to where our society is like her getting more mad that would be true but him caring that'd be completely untrue yeah that in fact that thought even crossing his mind based just based off of how he grew up and who he uh, was around would shock me if they actually wrote that in because that would not make sense for his character but not even in the context of her being like a black woman, like that added extra fact, but just like him not having the ability to process other people's like, oh, something bad is going to happen to this person unless it's going to directly hurt him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't think that's something that a lot of white men have. Like, that's something I think they definitely have to develop because um, it's a lot more difficult just because the world has coddled them that they don't necessarily have to think about um like oh is this gonna hurt somebody else how is this gonna affect my relationship with them um yeah and Evan he really didn't care I was like oh okay yeah (laughs) but yeah and Ben really like reflects Evan's thought process with the whole age thing 
because he like straight up just like dismissed anyone's criticism of it literally sir you got the role because of nepotism like i'm not trying to discount anyone's talent or acting ability but like every other actor within the movie like caitlin dever she is playing young people in these movies because she is young herself you know Mm -hmm. like amanda stedberg she's like in her mid-20s but she looks like she's 17 so it makes sense for her to be in this movie black don't crack also yeah yeah. also like noah galvin he could have played ben platt a lot better because he was in he was he played evan on broadway after ben's run and he did Mm -hmm. it flawlessly and he was also in booksmart with caitlin Mm -hmm. so like that right there like noah galvin could have been a great replacement or jordan fisher y'all could have switched it oh up literally anybody and brought in our king yes literally anybody but ben flat yeah Flatt. you know like ben like no one's saying that ben isn't a good actor or a good singer he is those things but he did not fit he was not the right fit for that and you can't point to netflix or like other shows that use mid-20 kids for their shows because all of those people are 25. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all in the same age bracket. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben Platt is 32. Caitlin Dever is, like, 19? Manuel December is, like, 24? Like, no. It doesn't okay. work. I think it's also the way that they dressed him up. Because Ben Platt mm-hmm. was also in the show The Politician. And he was yeah. perfect in that. I love The Politician. Yeah. And he looked he looked as if he could pass for a high schooler or at least like everybody kind of looked the same age. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. I can suspend belief and think that he's in high school. Yeah. But within this, his like curly, it's like they were trying too hard and to his make arch, him like high his school. Like, his little like, yeah, like And I feel mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff translates really well on stage just because mm-hmm. like you're really far away from like any camera. But when you're so up close and personal, I think that's what-, what When I can count the blackheads on your face, it doesn't the, work. We're Babe. too close. We're too like, but his voice is so phenomenal that mm-hmm. I just I just think that nobody could critique him in a way that he would just be like, okay, maybe you guys do have a point, but I'm still gonna yeah. be in this role. He could have just mm-hmm. said that. And you know what? We would have been like, all right, Ben. All right. Okay. He was, he, he has a phenomenal singing voice. Like literally I was listening in the theater and I was like tears in my eyes, but the look just disoriented everything. And it's like, whoever chose his like t-shirt that he wore, Mm -hmm. horrible. Whoever chose his haircut, terrible. Like, I think it's honestly half of their fault that this movie, um, that people had so many criticisms of the movie, Mm. but yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the criticisms, I understand the criticisms towards the aid because I have those as well, but we really need to get into like the story of the musical because like- Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm just gonna say this, okay? okay. Anxiety is real. Like mm-hmm. social anxiety, depression, all that stuff is very, very real. And I wanna say, I wrote this down. Hold on one second. Like, I kind of understand the attention-seeking nature that Evan had because that happens sometimes when kids are depressed and their parents are paying attention to them and they don't feel like they're seen, so they have to, like, act out in a certain way to, like, get people to notice them so that they can, like, you know, so people can see, like, hey, something's wrong. I want you to see me. Like, here, look at me. Eyes right here. You know what I mean? But it gets to a certain point where, like, you're doing too much, you know? And I don't want to say that because I don't take mental health lately, but everyone is so concerned with what's going on with Evan. 
everyone else in the musical is really struggling with stuff Mm -hmm. and we're all just like kind of ignoring it for Evan's sake. And it reminds me of the musical Next to Normal, which I think is a better musical on mental health because I would, I would say I love Next to Normal so much. When I was in high school, that was my musical. Like, I loved it. If you don't know Next to Normal, it's a musical about um, a young family, father, mother, daughter. The son passed away. And so the mother has um, bipolar disorder. But that's literally a spoiler. Like, is it? You don't find out that the brother is dead until like the middle of act two, don't you? Like you can suspect, but it's not confirmed. She treats him okay. as if he's a real character. But here's the thing, though. I was watching the musical. She's the only person interacting with the son. The daughter is like hitting that. Have you not watched there. The Sixth Sense? I, I see. Okay. The, okay. The switch but that no he was dead the whole time is one of the biggest plot switches, of, like plot. Wait, plot twists of the entire history of cinema. You can't just reveal that character has been dead the whole time. Okay, but like also, she's the only person interacting with him and You're he's good. only talking to her. <laughs> and like, also, didn't the daughter, the daughter sing that song? It's not Shark Boy, Lava Girl, but something close to that, like Supergirl and Bat Boy or something like that. She sang that song mm-hmm. where it's like, my breath, like, it's just me. It's just me. Like, I'm by myself. You know what I mean? Because like, mm-hmm. there's that one guy that follows her around and like, likes her, but she doesn't like him back, but she keeps him around because she likes the attention. Like, you know, that kind of, I hate that trope, but whatever, that happens. And the dad is like trying his best. And like, I feel like that musical, it's very hard to watch. And I shouldn't have watched it at the young age of like 14, but it's very, it's realistic in some points where like, you have like mental illness doesn't affect you, it affects everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And Although family will do whatever they can to like try and help you and people who you love will try to do what they can to help you. Sometimes it's not enough. And sometimes it's not just one person. It's hereditary. Mm. You know what I mean? And so with Dear Wood Hanson, it's doing the PSA version of mental health, but you guys are very much going about it where it's like, it's like, um, what are, like the movies where it's like the girl likes the guy. So she pretends to be someone else like catfishing him. You know what I mean? It's like the Sierra Burgess of mental health. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is it representation? Yes. Is it a love story? Yes. Do I like how you're doing it? No. no. You know what I mean? No. It's the way we're going about it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to root for you. I do. I want the representation. But the way we're going about it is not, is, no. is not it. It's I'll not just it. say this. Sorry. I'll just yeah, say go this. Ahead. Um, people were saying that if Evan was a Black boy, yeah. I think that would have completely changed the, like, how I'm consuming the story. I think sometimes it might be difficult to root for some white main characters just because it's, like, you know that it's a lot easier for them to fit in, even if they have, like, all these, like, um, like mental issues. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, for him to fit in compared to, mm-hmm. like, a Black boy fitting in, miles different like completely Mm, different so I've heard like a lot of people saying that if Evan was played by like a young black boy that would completely change like the social dynamics of the situation to the point that and I think that's maybe why when I put myself in the place of Evan that I'm like oh maybe it's not that bad like maybe him lying is not that bad um like I don't necessarily see it as Evan lying like it's like oh if I were in that situation if people are telling me yeah I'll just lie I would not have lied to the point where like I have a huge national campaign with my name oh, behind it. And there's a whole no. lot. Like, no. I'm not going on Good Morning no. America and lying. No. Y'all ain't no, catching no, me no. on camera. No, 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 no way. But 
I think the one thing that really would have tripped me up if Zoe, I feel like Zoe should have been a lot angrier at Evan. Like she was way too quick to forgive him. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to tell me all these nice things that my brother said about me when he was alive. Cause I didn't know him. I didn't have a good relationship with him. He didn't like me. We didn't get along. I hate him. Like I can't grieve him properly because of how we talk, like how we like were together in real life. And you're telling me all these nice things about him, but it's you. It's the things you like about me. And you, you don't even like me. You just like that I'm vulnerable. And you're looking to smash. So I find out it's a lie. And you want me to say, oh, I was forgiven. Like, sir, I am hitting you with my car. I'm dog walking you. Like, I'm taking that. Like, Curb fuck song. a mitt. I'm catching this bat, all right? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, My quick fire are talk about Dear Hansen because I've talked about it way, way, way too much. But then one, <laughs> one, I would love if since a darker musical uh, was decently successful, even though it got criticism, um, you brought up Next Normal, I would mm-hmm. love, please, you you gave us Dear Hansen. So if we could get a Next to Normal um, movie musical or, e- oh or not necessarily even better, but if we want some more fun representation, mix everything in, a um, fun home movie musical, I would oh. die. I would be on the floor crying. I don't care if it was the worst movie in the world. I would be supporting a fun home movie musical. They're so not ready much. for that. We got They're the we that. have the LGBTQ representation. We have the stereotypical like going off to college. We mm. have the difficult relationship with your dad. We have that a struggling yet somewhat successful. No, she is successful. A successful yeah. illustrator showing someone successful in the art world. It's a coming of age story as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like it, it checks all the boxes. It checks every, yeah. every single box. Also, we get a hor- a horribly sad, devastating depiction of how people used to used to and still do treat gay people especially mm-hmm. those who got trapped or like stuck in marriages and are clearly yeah. happy. like yeah. this is a hard tough musical that gets like everything right so yeah. please please hollywood i'm on my knees begging <laughs> it also like there these are two like differently these are so different like darren hansen is like so different from like next to normal and fine home mm-hmm. and like i don't know but, like see they opened the door and yeah. now we're rushing the door they were like, no, oh, busting the door down. Yeah. It's it was time. like, oh, you want to talk about mental health? Go, go, you want go, to talk go, go, about go, go. Um, teenagers in real life situations? You you want to do these movie musicals? Here's a list of 15 Here that are go. up to that. Let's go. go. Let's knock them off. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And then the, the other short fire thing that I want to say that's actually about Given Hansen. Um, I really wish, I don't know why they removed these in the movie, but I feel like I would like the movie a lot more if the songs, does anybody have a map and yeah. um, good for you will include it. Cause anybody have a map shows um, Heidi and Cynthia's struggles as mothers. And that gets a lot more into like, like what you were saying Tess about how like it shows like a mom who like is too busy working to be able to pay attention mm-hmm. to her son that will let uh, like illuminate that a lot more. Cause it's literally what she's saying. She's like, I have no idea how to do this. I'm struggling. I'm doing the best I can, but I clearly can't keep up. Um, so that would have been better because it would have added a lot to both of their characters. And then Good For You is like the song when they're angry at him. That's the accountability song. That's when like everything's crashing down and everyone's yelling at Evan being like, how could you possibly do this to us? And then they just remove mm-hmm. it. But no, how is he supposed to learn his lesson 
Exactly. The song where everyone's telling him how mad they are at him doesn't exist anymore. You can't grow if you're not held accountable for your actions. That was good. That was like, like when I first saw that in like the actual like musical, not like the movie, obviously, because it wasn't there. Um, I got scared. Like that was like a, that got like yeah. dark and very harsh very quickly. Mm. I was like, that's what he needed. See, this, this response mm-hmm. kind of holds about the same weight to like the thing that he did. Like they were yeah. actually like mad and angry that he manipulated and lied to them. And they were not afraid to show it. As they should, period. We love it. Tess, did you want to add anything else about Dear Evan Hansen? I just would say, yeah, I think having those two songs would have better, like, just develop the musical story. Um, And so that I feel there was a lot of missing pieces without, like, anybody has a map. Like, we, I think I was able to see it through the mom just not being there for Evan, like, him coming home to an empty house that I... Like, I didn't see the um, online version of Dear Evan Hansen, but I just listened to the soundtrack and I didn't really get that. But mm. I think that's that should be like, I think that's what people's takeaway should be. His mother was never able to mm-hmm. be there for him. And maybe if she he had the same mother as Connor, maybe his life would be different. And I think that's what they were trying to demonstrate with him, like slowly, like what? Assimilating or whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Imagine you pass away and then you watch somebody you don't know try to like take your place. Like no with the quickness I descend from heaven and I smack you across your face. Yeah, I'd be you back. will not believe. I would resurrect. I would immediately I, back <laughs> I would cut I would cut the lights off right then and there. You turn the lights back on, you look in the mirror, it's like screw a Ouija off. board. I'm haunting Get you. Out. Like, who are you? And that's another thing about like the the musical is that like Evan comes from very different like background than like kind of like single single parent home and like a home that looks like perfect and like American family everything's like beautiful and Evan even in, even coming into the family like that's not gonna fix you my guy like you think you want this family but Connor like it's not like the grass is not always greener on the other side you know what I mean like you try to hop into someone else's shoes but those shoes aren't for you like we're really trying to take the shoes and throw them out like you don't have a place here you know and I understand what you mean when like maybe if the mom was around more like maybe Evan would have felt better but even with like Connor's family the mom is like right there and Connor's just like you know it's so complicated like mental health trying to figure out like what you can do to stop it from happening or what you can do to like understand it like it's just not simple as like one two three eleven twelve thirteen reasons why like it's very complicated you can't mm-hmm. simply just it's not as easy as like breaking it down, making a list, recording tapes. Like it's more than that. It's like y'all are trying, y'all are trying to unbraid something and I'm looking at a ball of yarn. I'm looking at a ball of rubber bands. Like you try to snap one, there's another one under it. Mm. There are too many, there's too many things. Yeah, but I totally agree with what you're saying. I understand what you meant. Yes. So Glenn, would you like to tell us about Newsies? Okay, here's the thing. We're gonna, we're gonna breeze by Newsies because we need to have some arguments about the last five years. Oh. But, um, but also, okay. also, Newsies isn't really that controversial. Like, yeah, everyone knows not. it. It's a cute, um, like, you know, underdogs win. Um, mm-hmm. Newsies, quick summary for anyone who I guess happens to not know. Um, it's about uh, the, uh, the Newsies, the newsboys of New York. Um, and basically, they are essentially homeless or like kind of homeless uh, yeah. kids, boys who um, make their living by selling papers. And so obviously, like the bigger and the better the headlines, the more money they'll be able to make because like they can sell more papers. Um, the greedy corporation, uh, Mr. Pulitz. Yeah, Mr. Pulitz. Pulitzer. 
Pulitzer, Mr. Pulitzer. I think so, yeah. I think. Um, he gets a little bit more greedy. He's like, oh, I'm not making as much money as I used to. And so he jacks up the price of the papers that the newsies have to pay in order to like get them so they can go out and sell them. Um, and so the newsies go on strike, uh, blah, blah, strike goes bad, strike goes good, strike goes horribly bad, strike goes okay, um, everyone wins. Everyone wins, they get what they want, they get their union. Um, and they are able to negotiate some good deals so that like uh, the company will buy back papers that the newsies don't sell at like half price. Anyways, they come to like a play fair agreement and like everyone's happy in the end. Um, so I love one, the choreography of this movie. It's another huge ensemble dance movie. Um, I mm. watched the 1992 um, version. It's on Disney Plus. I didn't know. I don't know. I was just looking up like where to watch it. I was like, uh-huh. it'd be on Disney Plus. They, they, they own all their stuff now. Not own, but like they have it all in one place now. Um, but one of the best things, whenever it was an ensemble number, because like obviously when it's like a stage, like there's only like so much that you can do, but these mm-hmm. are on the streets. Like they'd be doing like a huge like number and there was like six different groups of people and each different group was doing their own different like dance. But like you can tell that they were like planned to do that. So it was very much mm-hmm. like I could tell you didn't just become a character the second the camera was on you. Like you've been doing like a, a 15 step dance routine. And then the camera just happened to only catch like steps six, seven, and eight. Like it was mm-hmm. very evident that everyone was like fully on, absolutely amazing dancing, perfect choreography. And then we only get like a short, like brief glimpse into what they were all doing. Absolutely love that. Um, also just like, it's a nice, like feel good story. Um, I don't know why I picked like two both feel good stories. I kind of feel dumb. I should have picked something. No, that was cool. No. I love oh, Newsies. Um, Newsies is great. Also, I love, I just love ensemble musicals. Maybe it's because I was never hugely talented enough to be like a star of a show. So I would love, Yeah. I loved ensemble ones because like, like I have ensemble musicals in my head that even though I really don't do theater very much anymore, I'm like, I would fight so hard. I would fight yeah. so hard to get into that because just being an ensemble character would be absolutely amazing. Like um, one of the ones, Something Rotten, if I could be in mm-hmm. Something Rotten, just for the song Willpower, I will yeah. be happy to only be a character that one song. You never have to see me on stage again. Um, but yeah, so I love that. I love whenever like the entire ensemble is working. You can tell that it's like a huge production. Everyone is like giving like full effort and it turns out amazing and beautiful. Um, and the singing is good. It's the 90s, so we actually have to pay attention to singing. Everyone who was right. singing can clearly sing very well. Um, so we improved. It took 40-ish years, but we improved. We got there. <laughs> um, and yeah, I really don't have like a lot of stuff that I want to say about it. Uh, yeah, again, attacking capitalism, down with the big man, give right. us more money, trickle down Please. economics doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I do want to say, that's another thing about movie musicals that I love, is I like musicals, of course, are, like on set, on stage, but you kind of need your like imagination to like really like take you there mm-hmm. to where you are. And I think like there are musicals, like big sets that really like take you there and you can like kind of see yourself like, you could kind of see the story happening. And then there are musicals that are like Hamilton where it's a very minimalist set where they're moving the set pieces around. And you just got to be really there with like the actors. They pretend like, oh, we're here in Congress. Oh, they're signing the Declaration of Independence. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But in movie musicals, you can be in the Bronx dancing on somebody's like fire escape mm-hmm. and just like killing it. Like in Newsy, you can be dancing in the street. Like there isn't like a backdrop behind you and like the lights and like maybe something on the like, the floor like you know you're on the like street. it's th- it's yes three-dimensional like mm-hmm. there are levels there are layers and you can actually interact with everything because it's a real like fire way fire stairway. yeah 
and it's like polished and it's like you can see everybody dancing like it you have to have certain seats in a theater to kind of see where everybody is dancing mm-hmm. what everyone's doing exactly, yeah. yeah and like when you're watching like a musical someone shot on their iphone they gotta <laughs> zoom back and forth to like everyone's part like i just try to watch hades town off shot of someone's iphone and someone's head is in the way they gotta move this way because this person's talking this way because this person's talking the muses are coming across this the stage like there are too many moving parts but if hades town is a movie as it should be disney please make uh, hades town a movie stop playing yep, with me right yep, now that's on the west too that's on the west everything i'm gonna say it all you know what i mean and movie musicals are like they're not the same as being on musicals like on stage stage is so raw it's there it's live but like movies are more polished but you just see it all you know like there's nothing hidden there's nothing like there's nothing to fill in there are no spaces it's all there you know we love that yes did you have anything else you wanted to say about newsies glenn uh no like i said i love it amazing i really i really just picked it because i want to watch it again i want an excuse (laughs) (laughs) great I Wait. honestly, I okay. No, go can ahead. Can I just Tess. say one thing? Yeah, can I just yeah. say one thing for Newsies? Carrying the banner, that was my anthem for like a short Absolutely. Like, that was the song I, I was talking about. That was the song I was talking about. Um, they, okay, wait a second. I, fe- I felt conflicted because I was watching it. I finished it this morning. I feel conflicted because I am fully, and I hope you be, I hope you don't, you be, I belt, I am belting carrying the banner the entire time that's playing. Oh, yeah. But like in the back of my head, I'm like, these are literally the poorest workers in America singing happily about being the poorest workers in America. If America hasn't found some way to get propaganda into every piece of media. I didn't think like, about it though. I, I hate it. No, I literally, I thought <laughs> about it one time and it's never left. I'm like, I'm singing this song, but it's quite literally the worst like living wage people singing about how happy they are mm-hmm. the worst living wage people dang did you it ruin hurts. it i don't know it hurts. i don't know i don't think it's exactly <laughs> like that like it's not like that dry bones basic but like it could no, be interpreted it that way it could be it could definitely be it interpreted. could be i never thought of it, it that could way that's perfect oh my gosh i like yeah, wow i just was like i would love to conduct that song just because like how many layers absolutely it has. absolutely oh. like the like the choreography for that song off the charts Absolutely. If I could dance amazing. like that, do a little backflip, it would be I'd, over. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would be over. I'd be, it, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be on Broadway. I'd be somewhere else. Literally. I wouldn't be here. But yeah, no. Yeah. I, you, you saying that? That just literally remapped that entire song for me. Now, like, I'm just like, dang, like, they're really that poor and they're that happy. And maybe it's because of the musical. But like, dang, that is propaganda. But like, the only time you see them be sad is because of the like the like when their prices get jacked up. They're like, no, we want back to the way. And like, even when they're fighting, like it takes them so long to like find your, like to find their demands that argue for better. But most of it, they're arguing, oh, we just went mm-hmm. back to the way it was. No, this is an opportunity. You're supposed to be fighting yeah. for more. You should be you're fighting for better. Longer, and they, eventually, like... eventually they do. Eventually they do fight for better and they do get better treatment. But like, that doesn't happen until like the very end. They're really mm-hmm. just fighting to go back to exactly how it was before. Yeah, wow. Never thought of it that way. I it mean, hurts. I knew that I knew they were just fighting for it to go back to the way, but it's just like, dang, they're really sad. Yeah. That's like pitiful that they live like that. They shouldn't be living like that. Someone said <laughs> I, I, it was probably on TikTok, but they were saying about how life is a lot more fun when you're when you're ignorant, when you're stupid. Oh yeah. When you can just what? turn your brain off and just yeah. enjoy stuff. And it sucks. Yeah. They're hundred percent right. Because I will That's never true. look at newsies the same way. And it sucks. Because I'll still love the movie and I will still love the musical. 
but yeah. still a little twinge of pain now. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the last five. It really years. could be like that. Okay. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready I guess to fight. it's my turn now. <laughs> no, I'm not fighting anybody. But um, yeah. So my last musical is the last five years. If you haven't seen the last five years, it's a movie. It's basically it's a musical, but it was turned into a movie musical with Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick two of my favorite white people oh my god like i love anna kendrick this is a little like side note i love anna kendrick down like house down but she is always doing these singing roles and like i get it like baby got the voice you can go for it go ahead and we'd love to see it but sometimes she does other roles and it's like why are we here like why do you have a show that could be about you and a doll like this is giving very mm, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you're the 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 like your agent is looking out for you, but not really. So yeah. But besides the point, Jeremy Jordan, I love you, King. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you left the CW. You did not deserve Hallelujah. that. Hallelujah. I didn't even see you on the CW, and I wasn't gonna do that because <laughs> I ain't gonna do that to myself. But you know, and the the musical is about a couple, and the move the musical goes back and forth between the five years of their life. The movie starts at like the sad part, like at the end like where it is dead like they don't talk to each other no more they don't love each other anymore and Anna Kendrick is sitting in her apartment crying sad rain coming down gray like tint and I'm like oh yeah she's sitting still hurting and I'm like already I'm crying already I'm crying I'm over it it's done I'm crying immediately next scene happiness in love just met meet cute everything's perfect Mm -hmm. and that's the movie it goes back and forth between like them not being together having problems and then being deeply in love and you just watch the relationship go back and forth back and forth back and forth with each other and jeremy jordan is trying to be a successful novelist um anna kendrick's character she wants to be an actress and she wants to be a singer she wants to be on broadway she wants to do all the things and jeremy jordan's character he gets a lucky break like straight out the gate his books do super well he's very successful and Kendrick has to go to Ohio in the summer every year to form in a small theater because that's basically the only role she can get. She's going on auditions, she's trying to do other things, but she's just not getting it. And Jeremy keeps getting more and more successful. And you know, this is driving a wedge in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say, first off, I I'm not really a fan of Anna's character because no, you know what? Let me defend Anna for a second. Sometimes men are wrong. And usually it's all the time. Jeremy's going to look for his britches at some point. <laughs> like two out of three times, nine out of 10 times, men are wrong. And the one time you're not wrong, you're, you know, we'll have to, we got to check. Maybe this we'll review. Here. The board will review. Know. Yeah, we got to review that, you know? Yeah, you got to check the footage. You know what I mean? But Jeremy Jordan very much gets very quickly too big for his britches, a bit mm-hmm. arrogant. You know, he gets very much like, you're going on these auditions. You have to go to Ohio to succeed. Like, like you should be here with me. Like, her life isn't going to stop for you just because you're doing well. I, like, I you're not Stephen King. I need Say to. It. I need to. Okay. So people always bring okay. up this line. Everyone who, everyone I've ever talked to who's like hardcore team J- uh, Jamie always bring up this line and it, I hate it. I hate it with a burning passion. They mm. bring up the line that like she, that like Kathy's a little bit like selfish and she's jealous, blah, 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 blah. And they bring up, I think this is like near the middle of it where he says, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fail. No, I'm not going to make myself fail just because you can't win. And everyone on team Jamie is like, oh, that's oh. such a hard line. Oh, that's such a hard line. Oh, he's mm-hmm. completely right. And I do agree. He is right. He shouldn't fail just because his partner isn't doing as well. However, very big for your witches' surface. Something you just got lucky. 
let's not pretend that you got all here off of pure skill, talent, blood, sweat, and yeah. tears. You got a lucky yeah. break and suddenly you're like, I'm sorry that you can't win. I worked hard. And so now like I'm successful. I don't want your unsuccessful. You are one like, draft. Record. Like calm down, mm-hmm. calm down. Mm-hmm. Like you right. Yeah. It's, it's always unfair those for guys. her to want you to fail or to be like jealous mm-hmm. of you. But at the same time, who wouldn't be jealous of someone who got lucky off the bat as exactly. now successful? I'm jealous. It's like when people say like, oh, like if someone like says something about a celebrity, and you're like, oh, you're just jealous of them. Yes, I am. Well, I would buddy. love to be paid to be pretty and sit on my couch all day making millions. Yes, I am. Yeah. Jealous. You are correct. Like people say, you have the same 24 hours as them. You can make it. Like, no, I no. can't. No, it's not I can the work same. all 24 of those hours. I will never be Kim Kardashian. It's just not yeah. possible. I will never yeah, achieve like, that, attain that level. She was bored rich. She already had a leg up. Like, exactly. I'm just please. Also, like there are certain people like Gary V. I'm I brought him up already, but like Gary <laughs> V, his father owns like wine vineyards and he was like a child of immigrants. He brings this out all the time. It's like you gotta be a child of immigrants so you can succeed. Sir, your dad was rich in Turkey and then brought you here and still rich. Money Sir. is money is money is money. no matter what country. Yeah. Like, being rich is still being rich. Like being rich in certain countries does not translate to America, but being rich in Turkey translates to America. Absolutely. So, like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And it's always those guys that just get lucky, just like off of the just like that one luck, that lucky break. And they want to hold seminars, they want to sell books, they, they, so, they create an online course of how yes! to be successful. In- yes. Which is a scam. Yeah, which is a A giant scam. Like, Jake Paul, I don't want to join the Maverick Club or whatever (laughs) the fuck it was called. Like, remember when Austin McBroom, he was pushing those classes to like- That was like two months ago. We all remember. Oh. Like, I had to pay $999 to figure out how to be a successful YouTuber. There are like hundreds of videos of that on the platform. Yeah. I don't need this. Like- Anyways, you can jump back to the last five years. I just- that always bothers me about this because it's it yeah. screams white privilege in the most like disgusting way ever. Yeah. I feel like the last five years, there are not a lot of musicals that properly represent relationships and dating and what a relationship looks like. And I feel like this is one of those musicals that does it well. And also it's one of those musicals that take successful men that are just like successful and they have their wives and like those couples that are just like you know the husband does like all these stuff all this and the wife is like a model she has a cookbook you know da, 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 whatever it is and like it's not the same success and there might be like like if the musical if there was like a part two to the last five years jeremy would have written like a mystery book about how um a detective has to find his dead girlfriend and now him and his dead girlfriend had like because <laughs> for some reason men always like have like this weird idea of like i don't know what exactly it is but like they have to be the hero they have to save the day but when you were in the relationship you were very much not the hero you didn't save the day you were causing the problems you know what mm-hmm. i mean like you didn't give her flowers on her birthday you forgot her birthday multiple times you like cheated you, on her also yeah like, That's, like yeah. You, you didn't have dinner with her and her mom because you were with the assistant in the office like i remember that That's sir. not really the thing How that it happened. Does. Yeah and i feel like the musical does a good job of representing 
both parts of a relationship how like one person could possibly have like some resentment and some jealousy but the other person like Anna's character is trying like she's genuinely trying to like make it and do something and Jeremy just got lucky like he truly did get lucky and he keeps mm-hmm. getting lucky like so many white men do because Jeremy isn't even like these other white men that like fail up you know like there's a writer who worked on Chernobyl the show on HBO that was like extremely successful and did really well mm-hmm. but before that he did Hangover 1, 2, 3 he did several movies that are like wet hot American summer like those really bad comedic, comedic movies you see in like Comedy Central that play or play on like TBS on like Saturdays like mm-hmm. those movies that have like a 30% of Ron Tomatoes yeah. there are those writers and those white men that get jobs constantly in Hollywood and then they get one lucky break genius oh my gosh so many chances oh look at him look at how he's done so well for himself and there could be people of color that literally every single one of their works have to be perfect have to be pristine in order for them to be successful or even be considered for things like Issa Rae spent five years crafting Insecure for HBO the first season no Emmy noms but it got a Newberry but it got a it got a Peabody actually it got a Peabody but that's the thing right like this show got a Peabody but you couldn't give it an Emmy mm-hmm. what got an Emmy that year that wasn't Insecure Big Little Lies oh Suburban White Women Again, great. Is that you it's know? New, it's new. It's never, never, never been like, done before. I've never been seen oh, before. Of course. <laughs> like, sir, your book was done by Dean Coots, Jane Patterson, all these other, all these other men. Like, what makes you different? Quickly. That's what I thought. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tess, do you have any thoughts on uh, the last five years? I guess I was just gonna go to your point that you were saying, like the detective murder mystery. I think kind of. Um, people like kill off their girlfriends um, because they can't deal with the thought of them or because they hurt them. That is like a writer. That's like the next best thing that they can do. I don't know. Cause I've, I've seen that trope and it like, mm-hmm. kind of makes me deeply uncomfortable that they like kill off their girlfriend. There's literally, I think this movie where um, something horrific happens to his girlfriend. Um, and I was just like, I, you didn't have to write that in a book to like demonstrate how angry you were at her. Like that just seems too much but um I guess in terms of like the last five years um I think I'm team Kathy um that's her name right in the musical mm -hmm. yeah um Mm -hmm. and Jamie just seemed arrogant to me um I've been able to like listen to the soundtrack but I remember I only stopped halfway through from the movie and when I stopped I was just like I can't I don't really like him he doesn't seem to really understand yeah like how his girlfriend is struggling and like why she's struggling he seems just to have like this happy-go-lucky attitude and it's like congrats to you but you know some of us still have to like keep trying every day to like Mm -hmm. work hard because we're not just going to get some type Mm -hmm. of lucky break in order to like to succeed in this industry and I think it's just really weird that some people can't really get that like people yeah 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 going there well I was just going to add to what you were saying I feel like and this isn't obviously definitively true of everyone but I feel like you tend to side, I hate the idea of sides, but that's just what it's called. You, you tend to like side more in this story with the character that you relate to more. And so yeah. white men, just like in general, just stop the sentence there. White men tend to gravitate more towards Jamie's side because that's something that they can more relate to um, versus literally anyone else mm-hmm. who isn't a white man or has any like adjectives attached to white man 
typically more sides with uh, Kathy because they aren't like they're just more used to constantly getting knocked down and constantly like having to keep working harder than every single other person and still failing. And so I feel like it's easier for more people to relate to Kathy if they actually struggle like that in their daily life. And Jamie is kind of off-putting because that's literally what we don't like. Like that's what we're fighting against. Versus mm -hmm. like flip it, people who are like like white men who are very much like Jamie would relate to that because that's like a hero. That's like their ideal. That's what they want to be like super successful right off the bat. And they really can't relate or at least are mentally separate themselves from people who like constantly are working and like never get anywhere because they don't want to be like that and they don't see why they should have to be. Because mm -hmm. they don't even see that. The, sorry, I was just going to okay. say they don't even see the humanity in that. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just I'm sitting there like who would who who would relate to Jamie? Like he just seems like he was cheating. Like right. I'm trying to remember from Kathy's character mm -hmm. what she did, what was so bad. Like maybe she was but, jealous. Yeah, the worst but, thing like, she, she did, she was jealous, yeah, and she was a little bit like needy. She wasn't. Yeah. yeah like I, I just, like those are two like, very different things. Yeah, like cheating on me because yeah, my birthday. And you're supposed to be seen as the no, no, thank you. You you can't be the hero of the story. You're no. the villain. Personally, from like I would just see you as the villain. Yeah, one. yeah. And like I understand that. Like um, I think men kind of relate to Jamie as well because it's like oh she's needy, she needs you. Oh, this is to see that you're working. Like sir, you get dressed up, go to parties, drink wine, and that's basically it. Like you don't be doing nothing. She's driving back and forth from Ohio. Yes, like she's doing all this work. And it's also like those kids in school that are like, oh, school's not that hard. I don't know why people stress out over there. Cause like they could like listen to the teacher talk, do the worksheet, <laughs> take the test, and it's nothing. It's nothing to them. Where the rest of us are struggling. Like, I can't remember what we were talking about yesterday. And that's like, it's like, we're gonna go over this topic. You guys better remember it cause I'm not gonna go over it again. And I'm like, um. No, 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 you will go over it again because yeah. I hope if you put this on the test i'm not going to pass sorry like my brain don't work like that it's like not all of us work that way you know what i mean and it's also those people they're like oh well you could just like work hard and you get where you need to be it's like no no it's like, never true and it's like those articles of like this millennial works like two jobs and they say a hundred thousand dollars have you How seen they like, do it? that new term it's um poly work have you seen that it, What's no. poly work? It's a new term that I forget what newspaper started using it, but about a month ago, poly work is like the 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 yesification of um working multiple jobs. It's oh like these people, um, these poly work pioneers are really making oh. a name for themselves in the industry. Or um, studies show that poly work is actually the best way to get ahead in American society, and it's really just them glamorizing having to work like two, three different jobs. I hate it here. Yeah, poly work. I love it. I love it. I can literally see the whitewashing of history as we speak. Like the pursuit of happiness type thing. Like, mm. oh, like um, trying to romanticize like the pursuit of happiness, which I yeah. hate because it's like that. That's not cute. Be, no. It's not fun. Not getting paid. No, thank you. No. It's not. It's, it's not giving fun. unpaid internship. Yeah, it's like oh, we're just like a bunch of kids. Like it's like those shows you watch where like. The person works a minimum wage job, but they have like a really nice apartment in like the right. middle of the yeah. city. Yeah, can you can you send me like what neighborhood do you live in? Because I might move there. Yeah, if you could be like, working that job and have that house or that apartment, mm -hmm. I'm coming. <laughs> like I remember, like I don't know why I was watching Luke Cage, and this guy is like 
he sweeps up hair, but he lives in a really nice apartment. And I'm like, sir, we don't even know your superhero yet. Like, is Tony Stark funding you? Where are you getting this money? You brought this up earlier, but friends? Yeah. How, what, whose income of all the six characters of friends is paid for those apartments? It's Ross's and Monica's parents. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Their Yeah, it's the same thing with these articles. Like, oh, I saved twenty thousand dollars. Imagine how I did it. Your mom pays for your rent. Yeah. If like, I somebody like, was paying for my rent, I would have a lot of extra money. Yeah, exactly. That. If someone was paying for my rent, if someone stocked my fridge for me, mm-hmm. I would be making an extra twenty thousand oh, dollars too. <laughs> I would pay yeah. off my student loans. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like. But wait, I have a question. Are you saying, I thought they had a rent-controlled apartment in Friends, like from their grandmother or something. Um, that's why I was like, oh, that's why they can like all live there for really cheap. But if it's their parents, that completely changes the story. And it's it was like, like family. Like, I'm I don't not know exactly sure who? it is their parents. I think it was it was mentioned like in a one-off episode, like yeah. somewhere in the early seasons. It's, I'm pretty sure it's, it's their, their family like takes care of it. But it reminds me of a TikTok I saw where like a girl was talking about how she saved so much money and she has two roommates. And basically, she didn't pay rent, but she had her parent, her roommates pay rent, and she split how much it would cost for her to pay the rent and attached it to their payment. So mm-hmm. say, like, rent is $3,000. Each of them has to pay $1,000. She makes both of her roommates pay $1,500. Mm-hmm. And then if I... rent is actually 2000 she pockets the money and saves it. So she's like a landlord in her own apartment. Mm-hmm. I've seen a bunch of TikToks about that recently, about, like, yeah. like owning, like, a, a house, for, like, example, and, like, chart like you know like making the people like having people rent like the top half or whatever and they they essentially pay your mortgage for you oh, and so you only yeah, have to pay yes. for like you know like 500 dollars a month or whatever i've seen a lot of ones like that there are ones that are less scammy and ones that are more scammy um however i do i i guess at the very least i do find them educational because one you know how people might be manipulating you and two oh. if you are in a lucky enough scenario that like you could like you are paying off a mortgage and like you aren't scamming people like gain a little bit of extra help by renting out and like as long as you're like being fair to the people who you're renting out to like that's mm-hmm. a, it's a it's a smart smart tactic as long as you aren't being a terrible person by doing it yeah oh, definitely. and also like taking things that people have been doing for a long time and then giving like a cute little name like holly working yeah like people i hated that i saw i saw it on twitter and i almost vomited it i was like Ugh. This is, this, this is not real. This is the bad place. <laughs> this, this is, is the, the bad, bad place. place. This is my favorite thing to say. That is my favorite thing to say. And when it's I true. watched that show, I was yeah. like, you're right. I've never heard anything more true in my entire life. This is hell. <laughs> Someone needs to get Michael on the phone and restart this neighborhood. Cause I ain't yeah. working on one. <laughs> Michael, where you at? How many Ted times Dizen. do I have to say this is the bad place before he appears? I'd like reset. Ted Danson, you I've are allowed to come into my room. Ted Danson, where are you at? Please hit that reset. Where's Janet? 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 <laughs> Janet? Yes. So, oh, we were talking about the last five years. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Gosh. One thing I do love about the, the musical is that I also have been meaning to bring this up. I keep forgetting, but like, if there's ever a musical that I cannot find, like I can't find a bootleg on YouTube, I just look up the soundtrack and I read the wiki on oh, yeah, mine mm-hmm. yeah. and I just imagine it in my brain. I've I thought I was the only person who did this. I've done that so many times. <laughs> that, that's, that's, yeah, I didn't yeah. have money. That's so like that's Theater Kids 101. That's the best yeah. thing we do. We got YouTube in one of, I think you're looking at the wiki on your computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and I'm not like always the biggest fan of like movie musicals and also like NBC does the live musicals too mm. where they take like old musicals and they have like famous people like do Jesus them. Christ like, Superstar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like I'm kind of okay with that like that's it's kind of like Broadway to TV which like okay very abridged well, though yeah we could just release the pro shots yeah we like, could like they could. could like I don't know who I need to talk to when I mean talk to I mean like yeah talk to you about so, that but like, here's the thing we were we were talking about maybe this wasn't included on the podcast but we were talking about how there's too many streaming services out right now mm-hmm. yeah I would be perfectly okay Broadway honey if you're listening Please. um if you just like we know that you film them so can you yeah. just film them put the create your own streaming service have it so we can see professional Broadway show you're charging us we're paying monthly yeah. but just like put them there let us watch them we're literally begging like broadway hd used to show like live musicals like the musical would be acted on stage and they would like stream it on their service mm-hmm. but they really? wouldn't keep the vod like it would just be it would be live and then that's it and it wasn't even musicals people wanted to see it was just random musicals that they that's would just my show number one, yeah that's and my also, number one thing against broadway hd i just sorry i just I yeah. just don't like that they don't have anything that's relevant, really. They don't have anything it's, good mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. yeah. Everything's old. Ago. Yeah. And it's like, why would I pay money for this? Also, yes. Like, I've noticed that sometimes if you go through your local library, you can find at least somewhat similar shows to mm-hmm. like Broadway HD, like on mm-hmm. places like Hoopla. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I paying money for this? Um, yeah. Yeah. I can go to my. My college library has all the DVDs for any Broadway right. musical from like 19,000 to 2,000. So Broadway HD, like plays like Beetlejuice, Waitress, Six. Oh my gosh. Waitress um, is getting The Great Comet. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, where com- is it going to be seen? Who knows? Um, I mean, you could put it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Since you I might as Disney- well. I think Disney Plus, I think they said Amazon is definitely looking into it, Netflix, yeah. and obviously Disney. But mm-hmm. every whenever I bring this up, people will be like, well, there's a whole bunch of different issues. I just say it's because producers legitimately do, if they saw value in it, if they saw mm-hmm. value in like figuring out streaming issues and rights and all that stuff, they would have. And mm-hmm. I just don't think they've seen value in that. Yeah. And that's why Lynn is the first one. And he's also like super young. Um he's like the first one to like make an, a legitimate effort to put his musicals on streaming services and mm-hmm. i think that's just because he grew up in a younger generation but everybody always loves to shove it down my throat that it's impossible it's way too hard and i'm like i think but then how is it done yeah, but then like, why is it there no I'm, I'm literally just saying i think you're just regurgitating what producers have told you and if mm. they wanted to make it happen they would have but yeah. if he wanted they, to he would he would yeah, literally literally yeah and it goes yeah. like the elitism of like broadway it's like yes. it's exclusive it's different like you have to like be there to like be there like no like if you make it accessible to everybody that means more people will want to be on broadway and mm-hmm. classism comes with racism because they love to have like once on this island pe- perform for like the tonys and then give them no awards like oh, yeah. y'all mm-hmm. are so happy to give Hamilton all these awards, but come next Tonys, hello? Mm-hmm. Like we're still on, they, we're still there on the street, but like, we're not, like it's, 
it's like it like what are you doing you know what i mean like you want to like gatekeep this shit and like this is the proper term for gatekeeping by the way like Mm -hmm. you want to keep this for yourself and like keep other people out of it because you want to be elitist and exclusive and it's not everybody has access to it and it's just for me it's just for me but what you're scared is that i'm going to do it better than you and you should be scared because i would do it better than you obviously i have passion I'm not uh, in it for the money. I have drive. drive? I have determination. Power? I have drive, trauma. power. Power. We say hungry. Yeah. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours. <laughs> Take what's ours, not yours. <laughs> I just, I just want to say this. And I saw this TikTok about a week ago, and literally, mm. this person was getting mad at people um, not knowing that. So basically, um, in in the musical Encanto, or in the new like movie Disney movie mm-hmm. Encanto, um, uh, there's like an overlapping of people singing. And this specific theater TikToker was like, well, um, if you think that Lynn is the first person to do this, you're wrong. Um, Lynn is not the first person um, and you're not a real theater kid. That made me so angry because most of the people who were saying that were like most of the people who are really excited about Encanto were like people of color, like especially like Latinx people. And this person just had the audacity to be like, you're not a real theater kid. And I was like, you're literally going to be my villain origin story. This right yeah. here, this is why there's no people of color. And there's so much gatekeeping in theater that it like, it angers my soul. And it's like the fact that she, this person couldn't um just be like, hey, if you like whatever Lynn was doing in this movie, how about you go check out these? No, she was like, you're not a real theater kid. And I was like, oh. Like, please but, be quiet, like oh. sit down. And they issued an apology and it's still, but it's still like a lot of people saw like I think it, the video had like 90,000 100,000 views and I was like mm-hmm. a lot of white theater kids saw that and they were like yeah yeah you're not a real theater they feel kid. justified in that literally but yeah like more accessibility for musical theater allows it to go from Broadway to other places where arts is not really like the focus you know what I mean and this mm-hmm. also brings in like a different conversation you talk about this a lot in your TikToks about like STEM and like the arts and how like mm-hmm. STEM programs are more like funded in colleges because people see like more career opportunities in STEM mm-hmm. but you make theater and Broadway musicals more like accessible to other people people gain more interest in it it spreads to different places in different cities and not just in metropolitan cities but it can also spread to like just everywhere in America and like I don't want to sound like an after school special but like music unites people like music is special there's something like magical about musical theater you know there's something different it doesn't hit the same as an equation like you can say you <laughs> it can does not. you can memorize the uh elements of a periodic table but baby girl when you're singing it's a musical it's a music like this is different like we're doing this all together <laughs> it feels different on stage you know what i mean and it's special and like there are so many schools like i know when i was growing up there were a lot of like middle schools and high schools that have very underfunded arts programs even though there are kids who want to like do like art, band, orchestra, choir, theater, they want to do those things. They're not as well funded as like football or like, you know, science and tech and other classes. And that's really disappointing. And there are plenty of schools that I knew that basically just shut down their arts programs because they didn't see the purpose in like funding those things. And different kind of interests for young kids to have at a young age, it encourages creativity and creativity helps boost kids' mental health 
self-esteem like has them want to be more hopeful for life like there are so many positive things that can come from like bringing theater to areas where it's not very accessible but y'all want to make it a whole like thing where like only certain people can be you have to be the best of the best and even if you are one of the best singers best dancers you get the one the best performances they still will not give you your accolades because they are still very picky 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 about who they Mm -hmm. give the little trophies to Hmm. Mm -hmm. all right it's very it's disrespectful it's disrespectful okay like you have people who can dance who can sing who can act and you have rich white men who have never even held a note to save their life trying to decide whether or not you deserve a nice little golden trophy for all the work you put into. Please. It's not adding up. It's not. The math isn't mathing, okay? Please. But I think for the, I think it's just because theater is uh, seen maybe as more feminine, but then also, um, I think it's also just because people have this idea, well, you're not going to become a huge Broadway star, but it's like, most of the kids who play football are not going anywhere either. Yeah. But we still give all this money to football. And I think that just has to do with theater and the arts being seen as more feminine because I was literally yeah. just sitting here thinking, I was like, well, most of the kids who played football that were so good and so awesome, they didn't go anywhere with it. So, yeah. but why are we funding, like, why are we funding, like, sports in this manner when the arts have just as much value in our society? And it's, it's just disappointing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically it. And um, I also like love that a lot of movie musicals are becoming like, free on YouTube, which I think is very fun. And I want mm-hmm. people to like watch more movie musicals. I think there are some people who are like very much like those kind of theater nerds that are very like picky and they're like, oh, you have to see it live. You have to see it in the theater. Like, no, like I'm some perfectly fine. Some of us are very much poor. We work, we have things to do. Mm. And I'm going to watch West Side Story when it gets on Disney Plus or HBO Max or whatever streaming service they put it on. Like, it's the same thing with the streaming debate. Remember when Steven Spielberg was getting mad at people for like Netflix having all these big budget movies and they're like, oh, those aren't the same movies. They're TV movies. They're not like movie movies. And then he got a streaming deal with Apple TV. Like with Apple TV, with Apple TV. No one uses Apple TV. Apple TV is right down there with Peacock. Uh Right down there with Peacock. (laughs) Apple TV is bundled up with Apple Music and barely anybody uses Apple Music at that. So sorry. Like, I get that people like Ted Lasso, but baby, you're not that girl. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I can just simply pirate it. Like, that's just it. What I'm that was a wonderful, in-depth, beautiful talk about the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know what the musical is about. Like, if you want to know more about the last five years, you can just watch it on YouTube. It's yeah. free with ads. Just turn on your ad blocker. You can watch mm. it. It's a great musical. I think, like, some of the songs... I think like there is a disservice in some movie, movie musicals because like autotune could take away from like the rawness in people's voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love it. Like I understand protect your voice, but I love hearing someone just sing and belt out and it's just you and you're like the mic. It's like, ooh, yeah, it's like raw, like the motion. Oh, it's there. But like the last five years is also very much like, it feels very like Instagram filter heavy. Like the sad parts are very sad and very great. And the, the happy parts are very like bright and colorful and it's less of like the subtle brightness in la la land and very like oversaturated like happiness you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. very like it's kind of it's a little too much it's a little extra but like i like the last five years and i think that um i feel like it's a better representation of relationships in musicals than you see usually because like oh the guy gets the girl or, like they fall in love at the end like no 
like the relationship falls apart and it feels yeah. very realistic like mm-hmm. it feels like very genuine yes did you guys have anything else you wanted to add i don't think so uh, okay awesome well we can go into our last segment which is i'll pass where we talk about uh tv shows and movies that we're not going to be watching that are coming out soon or we can cover some um film industry news that we've heard about that is kind of like eh. so uh tess glenn is there anything you're going to pass on this week um so i i hate i hate to do this i hate to do this um but i am going to pass on this new Netflix original, I guess I think it is, movie, uh, Single All the Way. Uh, it is, hmm. so how do I put this lightly? Yeah. So it's a it's a gay Christmas story. And the best way uh-huh. that I can put it is I am happy that the LGBTQ community has gotten recognized enough that we can have absolute F-tier Hallmark movies made about us. Mm. This is arguably one of the worst Hallmark movies in existence, but I am glad oh. because it is very un- un- unashamedly gay. Um, mm. And there's Jennifer Coolidge, so we really yes, we, we love we, her. We really can't complain that much. But um, it's just a trash tier movie. Um, I there's this YouTube channel. I think it's called Still Watching Netflix, and um, there's this regular. <gasps> oh my gosh, I love them. Yeah, there's yeah, this regular series Netflix. that they do. Um, Trixie Mattel and Katya react to like different Netflix originals. And I watched their reaction of it because I heard about it. I was like, oh, I might check it out. They got so mm. mad doing their viewing of it that they literally flipped the table. They were like, this is the most mm. unrealistic, horrible thing. There was a choreographed dance number to a Britney Spears song in the middle of this because it had to be gay. Mm. Because all the gays, all the gays, <laughs> and, they're, and they're Britney Spears. Um, but yeah, so it's terrible. But is representation, uh, I just really don't want to support it. But Jennifer Coolidge is amazing. Yeah, I'm very happy Jennifer Coolidge is in a Christmas movie, as she deserves. And I've seen the other actresses in it. And, like, it makes sense the other actresses in the movie. Because, like, okay, I've seen these actresses before, and I understand why they cast them. Mm -hmm. Like, I see it. And it's very cute. It's giving very much, it's giving 90s kind of, like, trope for Mm rom-com. Like, it's giving that kind of, like. Oh, it very is. if it was like straight, Matthew McConaughey would be in it. You know, it's yes, giving that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I get why. I think I'm gonna give it a chance though, because it seems cute. Like I like a trashy rom com, and <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna absolutely. give it a if chance. You, if you like trashy rom coms, if that's yeah. your thing, I'm not judging you if you are. Like anyone who likes yeah. trashy rom coms, you will absolutely love this movie because it checks every single box. Yeah, and I do get it. Like sometimes Netflix movies are extra, like. A dance you don't need a dance number you know what i mean like that's a little too much on the nose but you just gotta take it where you get it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, like you just gotta you know it is with it's like i'm gonna give it a chance i'm definitely gonna try and watch it if i can't get through it i'll let you know but maybe i'll like it um, i don't know the entire movie is saved by one Jennifer Coolidge line that happens, I guess, like a third-ish of the way, maybe a little bit less through the movie. The main character is, um, he's obviously gay because like the main character, that's like the blo- driving um, point of the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, his, his mom, his mother sets him up on a blind date mm-hmm. with another guy. So okay. already very unrealistic. Anyways, but like they're all telling this and Jennifer Coolidge, I think is like the aunt or something. And she comes in and they'll all talk about this big news that he's going on a blind date. And like her immediate reaction, she's like, oh my gosh, like from Grindr. It was said in like the most pure and like, like 
positive, like wanting to be supportive way that ever mm-hmm. could. And I absolutely burst out laughing because it was exactly how a ride like that should be delivered. And if anyone else had said it besides her, I would have throttled them, but she absolutely nailed it. And that, that is the saving grace of this movie. Every time she is on screen, full attention. Full attention is on the screen. I also want to say, like, oftentimes when you get, um, sorry, oftentimes when you get, like, movies with, like, queer representation, it's either very supportive or it's, like, this is my coming out story. This is like a heartbreak. Like people don't understand me. People don't accept me. It's like, there's nothing that really like is the middle of the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You either get like pariah or you get love Simon. Yeah. So <laughs> this feels very much like a love Simon kind of story, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It yeah. definitely has that, I guess, filter on it. Mm-hmm. That very Hallmark filter. Like yeah, we love Simon you. did really have a kind of Hallmark filter on it. Yeah, Love Simon was isn't like I understand that that's like the first queer movie most people have seen. Mm-hmm. It's not the best, but it's like really are introduced into it, and that hopefully like from single all the way, it introduces more queer people to like write holiday movies mm-hmm. for Netflix. Because one holiday movie that I haven't seen is someone leaving their small hometown to go to a big city. And kind of accept themselves because that's a lot more realistic because like a lot of times people leave like the big city and go to a small town and meet a guy who owns a ranch or like a restaurant or like a failing any failing business like literally he's like writing the christmas musical for like the children and y'all talk to each other for like three weeks and you fall in love with this man even though he probably does a shower and he hasn't shaved in like two he months uses but 13 in one deodorant shampoo conditioner <laughs> uh, body wash dish soap face uh lysol like you go oil. into his house he's showering in like a bucket like literally in the pig's trough it's like sir you have a shower in your house he's like no nah, this is the same you know my man I'm he, all of his towels know? have the the orange bleach stains on them yeah <laughs> yeah I, I understand why you're going to say no to single all the way, but I think I might give it a chance if I have time to watch it this week. I, I will make it clear. I'm I'm only saying no to it because I do not like trashy rom-coms. Uh, like I said, if you like trashy rom-coms, you will love this movie. That's good. All right. Tess, uh, is there anything you're going to pass on this week? Honestly, in terms of like movie musicals, I was just going to say the newest cinderella movie mm-hmm. um i'm trying to like watch more movie musicals um like especially at home just to get that vibe um and i know the new cinderella movie i've just seen so many videos just it just looks so bad and so like yes but not mm-hmm. in a substantial but jukebox. way <laughs> yeah yeah i just i don't even know how to describe it but just that like that just that phrase um and i don't know it just makes me sad that um they could have definitely taken Cinderella and like redone it for like a newer generation, kind of like Brandy, mm-hmm. but they did it and they just made it like um, trying to be all quirky. And um, like, I think there's this new wave of um, making movies more uh, appealing to like Gen Z. But yeah. It's giving so girl just... boss energy, but like in yeah, a bad way. But like, they don't yeah. know what Gen Z people sound like or act like. So they're like, okay, this three TikToks I've seen um times 12 is yeah. what gen z is gonna like and it's like yeah. no no it's like adults need to stop writing media for young kids like i think the best example of like writing things like skins 
like the actors actually like wrote their own lines and episodes and i feel like that made the show a lot better i'm talking about the uk version no one watched the u.s version i don't know if there's a u.s version but like i've talked about the uk version like you need something like that that's like real and not every single story that we liked when we were younger needs to have a progressive spin on it like sometimes y'all can leave things alone Mm -hmm. like i'm excited for the little mermaid but if y'all try to make it like feminist if you yesify the little yesify the little mermaid i will never forgive you yeah okay i want you to be very clear the little mermaid is a story about a woman leaving her most valuable asset to go get a man Mm -hmm. i will support that horrible anti-feminist misogynistic storyline all the way yeah because it's a little mermaid because it's a little mermaid if you if you turn ariel into like a boss babe a yes queen no no, this is a, a stupid girl who fell in love too quickly and gets a little bit over, like, over her head in her mm-hmm. decision. And yeah. that's exactly what the movie should be. Yeah. And also, like, with the Cinderella movie, y'all have all these very talented people. And then and Camila, Camila Cabello. Cabello. <laughs> it's... I'm, so- I'm sorry. Camila Cabello is talented. But in but different ways. Where? In different... You know, I, like, How? There's, there's the when? talent in the movie, and then there's Camila Cabello. Yeah, because she she has talent, but she's just not rising. Because I think Idina Menzel was in that movie. Yeah, I'm, she's not Camila Cabello. Idina Menzel, like yeah, exactly. yeah. Especially like Camila Cabello is supposed to be the star. She's Cinderella. Shouldn't mm-hmm. Cinderella be at least arguably the most talented person in the cast? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like okay. the story runs on her back. Mm-hmm. She's in the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna be nice. Camila Cabello. I've never seen it for her. And I feel like she's like one of those people that like Hollywood is trying to be like, she's the it girl. It's not her. No. It's not her. <laughs> it's, it's not her. Uh, so I have never really liked her. I've never like went out of my way to listen to her music. But yeah. when I did go to see Taylor Swift during her reputation tour, Camila Cabello was one of the openers. And seeing her perform live, I was like, I understand why people listen to her music. I understand okay. why people like okay. her. She's a good live performer and I will give her that. Okay. okay. But that was an Camille, accident. That was a complete accident. Camille Cabello and Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. I see how those two coincide. <laughs> okay. But Charlie uh, XCX was also there. <laughs> I mean, I can give Charlie, I can give Charlie her due. I can give Charlie her her roses, you know. Um, I didn't watch the Cinderella movie because I knew I wouldn't like it. Like I'm okay with like the Lindsay Lizzie McGuire Cinderella oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. the Brandy one. Mm-hmm. like the selena gomez what is okay but those two lizzie mcguire because regina king is in that one and mm-hmm. jennifer coolidge mm-hmm. and then brandy because wendy houston duh so that's what i'm good with that's what i'm down with you know what i mean but you know get your bag sis you know get that coins queen we love it yes anything else you wanted to say about it tess no that's enough for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay I just wanted to talk about one thing. Um, I found out recently, because I had seen a TikTok from my friend Claudia, who is a really awesome person on TikTok. You guys should go follow her. She brought up this interesting development where Wattpad has basically signed a deal with Mm. Viacom, where they will be partnering with Wattpad and Webtoons to adapt more original movies and films. After... 
as <laughs> notable successes from the After and the Kissing Booth franchises, Wattpad is a mine of tr- mine of a trove of internal data about how readers are interacting with stories and so what specific kind of storytelling they return to. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. As someone who used to have a Wattpad account and was very much on the platform, I'm telling you right now, nothing on there is worth a dime. Nothing on there is <laughs> no. worth its weight and copper. No. Okay? If it you- is <laughs> all garbage. Listen to me garbage trash you are embarrassing okay after was harry styles fanfic the kissing booth no so you taking books that are written by like 13 year olds and trying to make it into movies and franchises when these kids aren't going to see a dime out of this because tell me honestly like i don't think the after girl really saw a check out of everything they were making from those movies and even for the movies themselves the second film and the third film most of the actors left because they were embarrassed to be in that movie. So this is not the fucks that you think it is. Also, they think they're doing this really big move. I'm going to tell you right now, if the producers weren't absolute cowards, they would go to where the good content online is, and they'd open up their web browser, and they'd go straight to AO3. Yeah, but AO3 doesn't even have an app. So AO3 protects, like, AO3 isn't, like, I don't know a lot about fanfic, to be honest, because I haven't dived deep into that, but Wattpad... See, here's the thing. Wattpad's the name brand. When you think of, Mm -hmm. like, online fanfics, Wattpad is the one that wins. But the one that's been doing it, the one that works harder, the one that has the drive, the power... (laughs) That's AO3. That's Archive of Our Own. They be doing it. Um, I have seen some of the best works of fiction that I've ever seen my entire life from AO3. (coughs) And also... There, I think it's also inspired by a lot of K-dramas because there are a bunch of K-dramas that are inspired by webtoons. Like uh-huh. one that's very new that I saw on my Netflix is The Uncanny Counter, which I'm very excited to watch because I think it's going to be really good. And that's inspired by a webtoon. But it's another thing where like you see someone else doing it and you're like, oh, we could copy that. Uh-huh. We could do that. No, you can't. No, no, you can't. You can't do that. Like you're there, don't make it American Parasite. It doesn't work. Y'all are missing the point of the story. Y'all are, you are like, you're not reading in between the lines, my guy. Like Chrissy Teigen throwing a squid game party. Babe, it's the gold mask, not the baby. The gold mask, not the baby. That's what you should be dressed as, okay? Y'all are missing the point. Like webtoons and K-dramas work. Viacom and Wattpad isn't going to work because Viacom already like makes trash content as it is. Because Viacom tried to make new shows on MTV for years and they're like, screw it. Let's just do ridiculousness forever. Like forever. Let's just make that guy a billionaire at this point because I don't know what to do with this platform. Like Teen Wolf is dead. They're trying to bring it back as a movie. It's not going to work, babes. We all stop watching after season four. Mm-hmm. Like what? Are, what's the movie going to be about? I'm not going to remember anybody. Please leave it alone. Let it die. So yeah. That's one thing I'm going to pass on. Is anything Wattpad is going to try to push down, shove down my throat? See, you say that now, but I guarantee as soon as the first movie comes out, we're watching it for the podcast. I'm calling right now. I'm writing that do, down in my notes. I'm do writing it down in my notes. If you want to do a reaction <laughs> to it, and you know, we can do that, but like, I don't know. Like, we basically we? have to. We basically have to. If it's going uh, to be anything even close to the caliber of after, we can't miss an opportunity. <laughs> if anything's gonna be close to the caliber after i'm i can't i can't do that again because <laughs> i can't do that to myself 
I have respect for myself as a the person fact that you now. suggested that. Suggested? No, I didn't suggest. I wrote it down in the notes. This is official. It's confirmed. delete it. Delete it. <laughs> delete it. Delete it. I promise you, next month I'm gonna forget this. The second when they launch that trailer for the first like TV show or movie they make, I am muting that word off of Twitter. I'm really not interested in every TikTok yeah. that talks about it. I'll tag you. I'll tag everybody. you in every no, single video no, I see about it. No, I'm blocking you. I'm blocking you, Glenn. The podcast ends if you do that. It ends. It's over. It's done. Like I'm finding somebody new. No, 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 no. You ain't doing this to me. You're not doing this to me. Okay. I've already been through enough. Like, imagine if they make a supernatural fanfic movie or something. That would as if supernatural know. doesn't already exist. As if supernatural doesn't already have enough fanfics. The prequel series, aka, like, I'm just done. I can't do this. It's I so... can't wait till they get to all the like, um, the YouTube was smart because that's what made Wattpad popular. All the YouTube smart from like 2015, oh 2016, 2017. Everyone's fanfic with like Joey Graceffa and like Mark. I'm thinking more Mark of all Boy. the fanfics with um the Paul brothers. More likely, those were always no. trending. Okay. Always trending. Always trending. Imagine Jake Paul starring in a movie about a fanfic about himself. That's gonna happen. That's it. That's just the Matrix. Like yeah. <laughs> the Matrix. Jesus, don't let it happen, Lord. Please. It's going to. It's going to. I've seen what you've done for others, and I'm gonna need you to stop. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to stop, please. Michael, let's hit that reset button. Where you at? Janet. Janet. Janet, call Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is it. I don't have anything else I'm gonna pass on. And I think, yeah, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Tess, for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, I loved it. I love discussing movie musicals. I definitely have so many more that I'm going to add to my list. Like I need to watch Pajama Game. Yep. Probably finish up the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I, I always love talking about movie musicals, but yeah. Glenn, are Great. you on TikTok? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, oh, what is your at? I am, an, uh, so my ad is just Sir Gleneth, um, so S-I-R-G-L-E-N-N-E-T-H. That is also his Instagram, which you guys oh, yeah. can find in the description for this podcast. And you'll also find also Tessa's links in the description for this podcast as well. And you can follow Tess on TikTok because she's awesome on TikTok. And everywhere else, you guys can follow us on Instagram. And send us any suggestions on Instagram as well. We really appreciate it. And be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can support us on anchor.fm for 99 cents a month, 499 month, or 999 a month. And we appreciate Tess for coming on once again. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. And we see you guys next week. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.